Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and today we're going to be doing a special post-eclipse Q&A. Uh, I thought I would just come online and spend some time with all of you today. I always love connecting with this wonderful international community that we have here. And I thought that this was a pretty intense week, and I thought it'd be nice to kind of just see how, how everyone's doing and uh, maybe talk some astrology and kind of talk it out a little bit and see how, how your life is uh, turning out and how the page is unfolding. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm uh, open to any type of astrological question today. I'd love to hear your stories. Love to hear where you're stopping in from. Um, I'm just going to welcome some friends that we have here today. Uh, Place of Stillness Astrology is here from Spain. Hello, Manuela. Nice to see you. Check out her YouTube channel. She's been making some cool stuff over there. Really enjoy our chats, friend. Um, Creating Harmony. Khadija is here from Southern Louisiana. Hello, Khadija. Welcome. Nice to see you. Uh, Stephen the Jupiterian is here. Welcome, Stephen, on your special day, Thursday, the day of Zeus or Jupiter. Tuning in from San Francisco, California. Uh, Tarya is here from Finland. Hello, Tarya. Nice to see you. Lynn is joining us from Vermont. Welcome, Lynn. Always nice to see you, my friend. And we have another Tanya joining us from Jacksonville, Florida. Welcome, my friends. Um, yeah, so we are going to kind of uh, maybe go on a little journey today. We'll see how long we can go today. I don't know if this is going to be an epic three-hour type of deal. I'm not feeling super well today for whatever reason. I, I scheduled this kind of late in the week, and um, my body is just kind of like uh, <laughs> trying to recover after all that e eclipse energy. Uh, one thing I am noticing as we you know, enter this weekend is that the moon is out of bounds right now. The moon just entered its out-of-bound phase this morning. And it will be out of bounds for the next four days or so. And being a Cancer Sun and Mercury and having a prominent moon in my chart, I'm definitely feeling it right now. Are you guys all feeling? How are you, how are you all doing with uh, your your body and like your emotions and things of that? I hope you're all hanging in there. It's been a long week, hasn't it, when we've been trying to ride these eclipse waves on some level. I'm just going to welcome a few more friends here. Piper's Pathology is here. Dawn from Mobile, Alabama. Welcome, Dawn. That's a new name. Always love seeing new new friends in the chat here. Uh, Steven is saying, this post-eclipse has given a boost to my creativity. I have Taurus on the 6th house, Scorpio on the 12th, Natal Jupiter and Scorpio at 5 degrees. Wow, so you're probably feeling this one pretty intensely. I actually have... Uh, this eclipse is angular for me, which means that it's it's over one of my uh, first, seventh, tenth, or fourth house axes here, and I've got it in the fourth and the tenth house. And um, this eclipse was uh, exactly conjoining my natal uh, moon at about fifteen to sixteen degrees Taurus. So um, yeah, I'm not surprised that I'm feeling a little funky today, but we'll see. I just wanted to show up and hold some space, and I felt like doing this at the last minute here. Uh, Lynn is saying this eclipse was seriously intense, and I haven't felt great since. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, Lynn. Uh, Manu says, people seem to be really tired at the moment. I'm 
couching my little lung I'm coughing my little lungs out more pitiable than a cat coughing. Oh no, I'm sorry, Manu. Yeah, maybe we're all just kind of recovering. Um, Jackie is here from New York City. Nice to see you, friend. Dimphy is joining us from the Netherlands. Uh, Khadija says, my emotions have been so erratic. Mars is literally 10 minutes off my natal Mars. It has been fun. Oh, uh, yeah, we, we should talk a little bit about that Mars retrograde today, too, because I'm sure that we've got some stories about how we're experiencing that uh, <laughs> that journey as well. And you'll probably be feeling it if you have a Mars in Gemini, especially, or any other prominent Gemini placements. I'm also been keeping an eye out for my Scorpio and Aries friends who have the the, the ruler of their sun or their ascendant. Uh, if you have a, Ju- uh, a Aries or Scorpio ascendant or sun, Mars is the the lord of the ascendant, and or the lord of the sun, and that can really be a little funky too. I've been following these trends. Um, with my sports astrology that I've been doing with my good friend Adam Ellenboss and Kip over at the Astrology of Sports podcast that we've been doing on Nightlight Astrology and I've been following American football players and and the rulers of their sons um, to see what kind of performance they may be experiencing and and sure enough a lot of the Gemini suns and Gemini Mars they've all been either injured or, or their performance has taken a hit since Mars started retrograding through through Gemini um, so. You know, and that's one the one the one reason I do that is because it's hard to find time charts with sports figures. We only have a few time charts, so we have to kind of look at other things to figure out how we may be able to predict their performance. Okay, I'm just keeping an eye on this chat here. Just keep the keep the chats coming here, friends. Um, and if you're just stopping in, do me a huge favor: like the video, subscribe to the channel. Please subscribe to my newsletter. That's a great way to stay in touch. The Spencer Michaud Astrology Newsletter. If you'd like to make a material donation to the things that I'm doing here on this channel, there's a little dollar sign in the chat called a super chat or a super sticker. That is always appreciated. Or after the fact, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. Okay, more friends stopping in. Carolyn, how are you doing, Carolyn? Says, I'm, I'm liking it. I'm assuming that the you're referring to the eclipse, Carolyn. Um, but my friends aren't doing so well. Uh, Oregon, or maybe it's just too early to tell. Uh, exact my natal Venus. That's a good point, Carolyn. And I'm happy to to hold space for all of you today. Thank you for the compliments, Carolyn. Um, in your next comment, um, a lot of the times when we're experiencing eclipses, we it, there's always this kind of energy about like, oh, I thought something really big was going to happen or something really exciting or or intense and i mean we're in the middle of a midterm election in america so yes there are definitely intense things going on and we've all been kind of i i would say our our anxiety level may be heightened due to um trying to figure out what direction we may be heading as a community um but i think the thing to think about is that eclipses are, aren't just um regular full or new moons they bring about chapter markers and chapter turn turning of the chapter page right where we may see these events play out over the next oh i don't know a few months at least so uh, if you didn't have some like life altering event that happened and uh right on the day of the eclipse um you might just have to wait a little bit and be patient and see see what unfolds 
uh, and maybe just take note and take stock of any seeds that were planted around that period or any any symbols that came up that may be giving you some insight into what you may be in store for and we can talk maybe a little bit about the houses that uh that may be affecting us in in different uh, parts of the zodiac today if you want as well okay um oh piper you found me over on nightlight astrology that's awesome i'm, I'm very much in gratitude to adam for not only being a student of his for many years, but for uh, him bringing me on his channel and working together as colleagues. It's really, really exciting to work with him. And he's a good friend and a really great astrologer. So I'm, I'm really excited that people, there's a lot of people that, that find me in my channel through, through his, uh, his outreach. So that's very cool. Thank you, Piper. Uh, Faye is here. Nice to see you, Faye. Uh, Paul is joining us from Scotland. Welcome, Paul. I love that we have all of our European friends stopping in. That's part of the reason I like to do it around this mid-afternoon time on the east coast of the United States, so we can have a, the most amount of people be able to 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 participate. Piper says, "I'm realizing this whole year has been a resolution of last year's eclipses on my Gemini Moon slash Sun. It was rough all year and leading up to this, but I feel closure now." Yeah, and you know. One of the things to consider if you have prominent Gemini Sagittarius placements is that you've just been through an eclipse series in the past few years. Before the eclipses started happening over the Taurus and Scorpio axis, they were happening over the Gemini Sagittarius axes. And that, you know, was probably pretty intense for our Gemini Sagittarius friends, whether it was your rising, your sun, or your moon. Um, that can create a lot of changes within your life for sure. All right, Creating Harmony says, a week after the 1025, the October 25th eclipse in my third, I got invited to a new bar. It seems like it'll be a regular new hangout that is actually fun. Oh, okay, and you're in a fifth house perfection year. So you found a new local watering hole, and maybe that will help lead to some new friendships, some new um, community alliances. Uh, that definitely could be something to keep in mind. Um, they are adding that all my Gemini friends have been extra loud and yelling and or aggressive lately since Mars retrograde. Yeah, that's one another thing that we can see with Mars retrograde and Gemini in particular. I'm going to, uh, I'll show you. I'm just going to pull the chart of the of the moment up right now, and um, we'll just kind of take a look at what's kind of going on in the sky and see if we can bring even some more clarity to this. Keep putting those questions and, and comments and stories in the chat box. That's, you know, we'll get more out of it the more people participate today. But, you know, what we're looking at with Mars retrograde right here, you can see the, the moment, uh, November 10th, 2022, at roughly 1.14 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right? We, we switched the clocks back in America, which is always kind of a, an adventure. But, you know, Mars is a planet that likes to create conflict. It, it likes to exert its will. It likes to sever and separate, according to the traditional astrologers. And it is something that it utilizes the resources of the house that it is traveling through to create its own agenda. So in this case, Mars's agenda is severing, you know, separating conflict, um, you know, being able to, oh, I don't know, fight for what we want, 
um, defend ourselves, protection, we're going to use the resources of Gemini or Mercury, which are generally communication, commerce, um, debate, where we can see both sides of an issue, or we attempt to, or we try to expand our possibilities. Um, maybe even through our own flexibility, where we're trying to to utilize our energy in a certain direction. Mars likes to get to the point, right? You can see in its symbol, it looks like a, a little arrow, right? But Gemini is a, is a place, and Mercury is a planet that likes to split attention in multiple directions. My, my thoughts on Gemini, Mercury versus Virgo Mercury is that, um, or that house in particular, is Gemini is trying to explore uh, and all of the different flowers that uh, could potentially be pollinated, right? It's saying, where, where is the nectar? Where, where is this next field of flowers? And maybe I'll try this. And oh, this possibility looks interesting. Let me expand possibilities. Whereas when we have the Virgo version of that in Hermes' house, there's more of a consolidation thing where we're saying, well, what do we need to eliminate? What do we need to let go of? What is, what is worth preserving and what needs to be let go of moving forward? So when Mars is trying to focus in a place that is diffusing focus, <laughs> we, have some, we have some attention challenges, we get into some arguments or some debates. I think I've been saying, and I hope that you've all taken this advice, I've been trying to take my own advice, Try not to make ultimatums around this period of time, right? Where you you say, "Well, this is how it is," and you're gonna do do this because I say so. Because um, you, you're probably having to walk that back a little bit right now, and that can be that can be really humbling and humiliating on some level. I'm gonna keep checking in on the chat here because that's that's why I came today, and not not to just hear myself talk, but to have a conversation with you. Uh, Michelle is here, uh, says, hello, I'm a Capricorn rising and nothing has happened. Oh no, <laughs> like I said, maybe wait a little bit. I had an astrologer tell me uh, the April-May eclipses would be bad and they weren't. Well, Michelle, the April-May eclipses were probably falling. Let's see, let me do a little bit of math in my head. Uh, over your 5th and 11th house axis and now, what one things that some things we have to look at is: Do you have any planets in Taurus or Scorpio, or do you have any aspects that may be happening? Um, this full moon eclipse was happening in your whole sign fifth house, so there may have been something coming to fruition around how you seek pleasure, around your desires, maybe potentially with your children if you have them. Perhaps it could be also related to legacies that you want to pass on after you. Um, after you leave the material plane. Fifth house is also associated with kind of like leaving behind something after death. Um, so those are all little things that you could be experiencing. The, the, the 11th house new moon eclipse was in your house of uh, shared alliances, like friends that are not necessarily personal friends, but people that you may have a shared belief system with. Um, and that eclipse was really, it was on the south node, and it was asking us to really examine maybe some forms that need to be let go of. So maybe there were some friendships that needed to be let go of, or some, some group associations that needed to be let go of that are coming to fruition, or will be coming to fruition in the next few months. As I said earlier in the show, um, there is, sometimes these things take a while to unfold, especially when we have eclipses over fixed signs. Fixed signs aren't really known for like, 
immediacy. Sometimes this, these things take time. So I would be patient. I would also consider that not everything in astrology has to be a big crisis. I think this is something that I, I, I'm trying to remind myself as sometimes I, we all can get a little bit, um, we can get a little, we can frighten ourselves with the astrology sometimes. And especially when we hear things like a dragon consuming the moon or the sun, you know, that sounds scary. But oftentimes there are just changes that need to take place. And I think that one of the things that I'm trying to remind myself during eclipse season is that, you know, changes are easier if you flow with them rather than resist them. So sometimes all you need to do during an eclipse or an important transit is learn how to come into alignment with it. There's not anything that you need to do. There may not even be some huge, uh, you know, explosive action that happens. It may just be that you're slowly but surely coming into alignment with a, um, with a different phase of your life. And that's okay. All right. Tarya says, it has been one of the worst eclipses. Okay, sorry to hear that, Tarya. On my, my IC, my lower midheaven, in the sixth house in northern... Oh, yeah, because you live in Finland. That's interesting to have the IC all the way over in the sixth house. Yeah, so that would mean you probably have the midheaven in the twelfth, which is similar to my friend Susanna, um, who's also from Finland. So, <laughs> of course, that would make sense. So, I wonder, does everyone in Finland have a, a midheaven and an IC in the sixth and twelfth? That's... That's really fascinating to me and worth worth some research. Um, Tarya says, hurting relationships and hit my health. Having COVID a second time, had very high fever all the eclipse day and stuff, other stuff too. I'm sorry, Tarya. Um, I hope that you're doing okay. Uh, again, I, I'm not feeling super tippy top myself today. I've been, I've been having some weird aches and pains in various parts of my body. I've been having some weird pain around my, my hip area and like, stuff like that. Maybe it's from sitting too much. I don't know. I probably am due for a, for a checkup myself uh, as I get into my you know, early mid-40s here. I think that it's important that we at least get some idea of where our baseline health is. I know everybody isn't super thrilled about going to the doctor, or some people aren't. I'm not always super happy about going to the doctor and tend to avoid it, but I think that as we get older, a lot, so pre preventative care can be really important in these times. And a lot of times we tend to um, avoid asking for help uh, until it's kind of a much bigger problem than it needed to be. So I would encourage all of you, and this is me also telling this to myself, uh, I encourage you to go ask for help before something gets super bad or if you're feeling really in a difficult spot. Um, you know, there is, there are resources available, hopefully for you. And probably in Finland, don't you have like, like, uh, you know, centralized healthcare, medicine, <laughs> universal healthcare in one of those Nordic countries. So there's no excuses. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I could be wrong about that. I, my, my global politics, healthcare for individual countries is shaky at best. But I seem to remember that Europeans tend to have some decent health care in, in most places. Uh, Steven says, I am in a fifth house perfection year at the age of 52. I have also started my own YouTube channel. Well, congratulations, Steven. I wish you luck and success with that. It's always nice to be able to share our process and get our voice out there. And 
you know, the, the thing that is that I like about YouTube and, and doing this work is just creating community. I think that this week I was desiring to just have a conversation with all of you this week and, and be able to connect in that way. And maybe just I was missing a little bit of the that kind of shared experience. One of the things I miss about performing as a professional musician, I don't really perform much anymore. I'm kind of leaning into my Saturn um, part of spirit ruler. I switched over from a Jupiter period, L1 period from spirit from in zodiacal releasing. There's a technique called zodiacal releasing where, you know, your part of spirit sort of is, or a lot of spirit is related to maybe how you consciously feel in the world. And I switched over from a Jupiter, 12 year Jupiter period to a about a 56 year Saturn period or 59, I guess it may even be uh, because it's going to go through Capricorn and then switch over to Aquarius. And I'm kind of in the very beginning stages of the Capricorn version of it. Um, and it's, you know, my experience with that has been that I've um, become much more isolated. Uh, there's, there's been a lot more, less, less impetus or less drive to go out in public. I mean, part of this is coinciding with a global pandemic, so that's understandable. But that just kind of like solidified in my mind. I was feeling that before it even happened. And um, I'm kind of leaning into the hermit life a little bit. And I have the luxury to do so, and I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, but there's, there's definitely a, a mind shift that happens. Um, just been much more interested in my studies and, and learning and teaching and sharing in that regard, and much less interested in um, globetrotting and adventuring, which is something that was a driving desire that I had when I was in my Jupiter phase. So just it's, I'm just observing. I'm not saying one way or, or the other is is better. I think that it's just I'm just observing my own uh, journey through having a an L1 Time Lord that switches from Jupiter to Saturn. I'm curious to see uh, how that might be working out for all of you. But Stephen, congratulations on your YouTube channel, and I hope that you're able to build um, your own community as well that will bring you um, joy. Uh, Khadija says, what do you think of my Leo sun at 16 degrees making that transiting eclipse T-square a grand cross in my chart? Oh boy. Well, that's a lot to unpack, isn't it? Well, first of all, I'd probably have to see your entire chart, but I can just, in general, I'm going to put your sun in Leo, and we can just take a look at it. So uh, Khadija has a 16 degree Leo sun. So here is the sun right now in this moment. Let's say it's at 16 degrees Leo. Um, Khadija, could you just at least tell me what your rising sign is? That will help me to kind of break this down because it's, it's a lot easier to be able to have um, that extra information. The first thing I could say, though, is that, holy cow, friend, looking in the mid, not just a, uh, a T-square. It's a grand cross that we're, you're dealing with here. So what we are looking at, if you have a sun in Leo like Khadija does at 16 degrees of Leo, is an opposition with Saturn and a square with the, the sun in Scorpio right now and all of those other planets, Mercury and, and 
Venus in Scorpio and the nodes. The moon, or sorry, your sun has also been sort of riding a place called the, the bending of the nodes, where the nodes are moving in a direction that may have put you at a feeling of a crossroads. Whenever you have a planet that's square the nodes, it feels like a turning point. It feels like where you're either moving away from something and towards something else. I mean, I know that's a very simplistic way of thinking about it, but we see this when planets are squaring the nodes as well. It's called the bending of the nodes. So having, I mean, today, literally today, the sun is squaring your um, natal Uranus, um, or not natal Uranus, transiting Uranus is squaring your natal sun. So that can, you know, lead to shakeups of consciousness, of awareness, of identity. Um, and Khadija is telling us that her rising sign is Virgo. So let's shift the the chart around and see if we can put Virgo on the ascendant and kind of break this down topically. Okay, so I will shift gears here just to see what else we could be dealing with. So sun in the 12th house in a Virgo rising chart and all this mess is happening in these cadent houses, right? So one thing about cadent houses that is interesting, and, it, and what I'll do is I will use these chart examples, I hope, to teach some interesting concepts that I've been researching. Um, just from actually reading lists lately, I've been reading Demetra George's Ancient Astrology and Theory and Practice, Volume 2. I've been doing that with my my book club, my guided group study book club, which has been going really well. I'm really excited about that and have some really nice conversations with folks bi-weekly. And we have a nice group um, that has a Discord discussion group that's been very cool too. Um, one of the things I've been learning about Caden Houses that I think is really interesting and, and that is giving me a lot of insight is just the concept of a Caden House. And But when I say Caden House, what I mean is house number 12, 9, 6, or 3. And these are, these are houses that are falling away from the angular houses, okay, which are 1, 10, 7, and 4. And ancient astrologers thought that those were places of power, mostly because they were turning points in the daily motion of the sun. So on the rising, you have the sun switch in direction to emerge from the, the horizon. It's a it's a, a phosphorus moment, an omen that's speaking. When it gets to the midheaven, it, it, it stops climbing and it starts descending. Uh, and then, of course, it goes underneath the horizon at the descendant uh, and, and starts rising again after it passes the lower midheaven or the IC. So those are, the, those are very powerful points where you might feel things really personally. Now... Caden houses are the house that were on the angle previously. So, for example, Leo was the last house that was on your ascendant, Khadijah, when you were born, before um, Virgo rose over the eastern horizon. So the ancient astrologers thought of the uh, 12th house in particular as a place before birth, like a place of, of of pregnancy, of child labor, of, of child birth or labor, not child labor, <laughs> makes it sound like the 12th house is like a, 
a sweatshop in Indonesia or something. That, that's not what I mean. Um, but what we have is, is like uh, a place that feels in between life and death, in between um, incarnation and immaterial, ethereal reality. And that's been really uh, fascinating as I explore my own 12th house son in Cancer. I'm a Leo ascendant with a Cancer sun and also Mercury there. So many people, so one thing I can say, Khadija, is that you probably first are feeling a little bit unmoored with this big T-square and maybe like it's hard to fit in anywhere, right? Um, and you and you can confirm and and uh, and or deny this in the chat. Remember, I have about a twenty second delay, so I'll keep I'll look for the I'll look for the comments here. But the one thing I can say is that this is probably you're probably be feeling pulled in a lot of different directions away from empowerment potentially, which can be very very difficult and challenging, especially for a, a Leo sun, which probably as I, I'm, I'm imagining as a Leo rising, but it might be a little different as a Leo sun, I would say Leos in general would uh, want to feel empowered. Uh, the sun is a very vital force that um, likes to maybe do its own thing and direct its own path. And when you've got all these planets pulling on the sun and the 12th from all these different directions, you've got Uranus in the ninth house that may be shaking up your belief system. There may be something that you may be learning something, you know, that's shattering your worldview right now that could make it difficult to figure out what your identity is. You also have Saturn in the sixth house, which may be really bringing a lot of responsibilities in, in um, matters of either your health or through injuries or illnesses or potentially through any type of thing that would pull you away from a sense of completion. It's really important with the sixth house. I always ask clients with this, do you feel like you're being pulled away from finishing something? Because the seventh house is related to the setting sun. It is the western part of the chart. And usually at the setting sun, we have a, a celebration or we have something where we can finally relax from the toil of the day. And the sixth house says, you're going to toil, you're going to keep toiling. There's You don't get any rest. And you're not going to get credit for it either. <laughs> so there's probably you know, some intense stuff that is pulling you away from that sense of completion. And then with all the stuff moving through your third house, this may be really affecting kind of the, your, your daily rituals and routines. I, I like to think of the third house, not only as siblings and um, early, your neighbors, things like that, but also just the, the way that you go through your daily habits. Um, a lot of the times we think of the sixth house as our daily habits, like be, because of the conflation of the 12 letter zodiac with Virgo. I think of it more as the third house because the third house is related to the joy of the moon. It's related to the little, the little short journeys we do every single day that are, that are cyclical and repetitive. So there may be something highlighting with this eclipse over the third and ninth house axis, something where your, your daily routines may be changing due to a, a, big shakeup in your belief system, in your why. Okay, I always think of the ninth house as trying to find your why. It pulls us away from action out in the world, the 10th house, because we're trying to find meaning. You know, a lot of the times we're, we, we need to find meaning before we can take action in the world. And I think that that's, that is part of what you might be seeing here. So I hope that that was helpful. Khadija, and I'll look, look in the chart now to see if uh, 
if there was any confirmations there and just keep looking for the comments here. So there's a little mini, mini reading. And if you'd like further instruction, I am available for readings. I, I can do transit readings, natal readings, fixed star, tarot stuff, whatever you need to find guidance. And it will be a lot more personal with, with being able to unpack all of the different degrees and stories and, and context it's making with your personal um, chart. But that's the kind of the, the Reader's Digest generalized version, just based on where that's happening in your, in your particular um, house placements. Okay, let me look through the chat. Let's see. Okay, we've got some people that are... Let me go back. Wow, not really nice. Um, really nice comments here. Manu's talking about the worst expression of Mars and Gemini is gaslighting. <laughs> not that it has to express itself in that way, but it could. I agree, Manu. That is, gaslighting is no fun, where people are trying to tell us what we should and shouldn't believe, and most of it is a lie. And even though we may, our gut may be telling us something different, people are trying to distort our realities. And that's that's never a fun thing. So just try to ask a lot of questions, especially, especially because that that retrograde Mars is making a square to Neptune. So reality could be even more distorted as it gets closer to the uh, exact square that's going to happen probably in the next few weeks. All right, so let's see. Piper says their Aries son husband has been a bear. Oh, no. <laughs> like, well, it's your fault for marrying a wild animal, I guess. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. That's my dad joke. Um, Lynn says Mars is in my sixth, and since it's gone retrograde, I've twice cut and twice burned my hands. Interesting. So that's a great representation. I'm sorry to hear that, Lynn, but it's a great represent representation of the astrology Gemini tends to rule the arms and the hands, okay? Like, um, and it's in your sixth house of injury, illness. Mars is also a planet that cuts and burns. It uses fire and sharp things to, to do its its business. Um, so yes, be 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 very careful with fire. Be very careful, like with cooking and things of that nature. Um, yeah, and, and another thing to think about with the sixth house is it's a it's a house of fortune. It's the house of bad fortune. So a lot of the times, the reason why it's a house of accidents is because, you know, it, we can't always predict the things that it's it's going to bring to us. Same thing with the fifth house. The fifth house might bring us good things that we didn't really do anything to earn. We're just receiving it because it is the joy of Venus. We're just opening ourselves up uh, and receiving the good fortune that Aphrodite wants to bring. Same thing with Mars in the sixth. Mars is, is saying, hey, you know, uh, I'm creating a, a, maybe a misfortunate circumstance. It's not necessarily your fault, although we can try to take steps to mitigate some of the, the nasty parts of, of, a, of a bad Mars transit, maybe just by slowing down, um, really being extra, extra careful. But even when we do all those things, sometimes there's still things that we experience. So we're given, given an outlet. Like one of the things I like about one of my favorite authors, uh, T. Susan Chang, she talks about doing like sympathetic magic with this. Give Mars something to do. Like, uh, you know, I don't know what that would be in particular, but she she uses the analogy of the Ten of Swords card where you, in that card, you see someone with 10 swords stuck in their back and, 
And sometimes what she'll do is get like a potato and stick like 10 little uh, sewing needles in it or something and said, look, the, the requirements have been fulfilled. You know, so there's, there's always things like that, that you might be able to do to be like, look, Mars here, <laughs> here's an avatar. Here's a potato tar <laughs> for, you know, please have be merciful on my, on my body and on my soul. Um, so that's something. Um, do, 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 do. Piper's saying annual checkups, be good to your body. Yeah, Piper, I am way behind on my annual checkups. Some of it's due to the pandemic. Some of it's due to my own stubbornness and, and some of it's due to like my fortunate Leo rising good health in the past. And I think that you're right. I think getting annual checkups is important and I am overdue. So right there with you, friend. Um, let's see. Exercise your psoasis. Spencer, what is that? P-S-O-A-S. I'm not sure what that is, Dimphy. Um, but maybe send me some, send me a link or something. I do know one thing that I've been experiencing is pain in my, in my SI joint, which is like the joint that can that, that uh, connects my like lumbar region, my spine to my pelvic bone. And I've just been sitting a lot. I, I, I'm in my house too much and I, I do go for walks. I walk about three to four miles a day, which may or may not be enough. I don't know. I eat fairly healthily. Um, I don't overdo it with food, but I think I'm just sitting and like I do these marathon sessions where I'm sitting and do, working with clients, but also like on YouTube. <laughs> Last time I did one of these, I was like, all right, it's stretch break time. <laughs> and I think that that's a good process to get or a good habit to get into. Um, but I but I bought myself a, a really fancy foam roller that has these little nobbins on it that, are, that mimic like a deep tissue massage. I've been using that. I've been doing some yoga stretching recently. It's funny, even though I have like a, a Taurus moon and I like food, I'm realizing and maybe you, you other Cancerians out there can confirm or deny this, but I, I you know, doing like exercise <laughs> isn't my favorite thing. Like doing like heavy lifting and workout stuff. It's just never been something I've been super into. I was an athlete when I was younger though. I did play sports. If there's some, some way I can gamify it and compete, then I, I can do it. But if it's just me like putting my body through through pain to be healthy. <laughs> I'm kind of a wuss when it comes to that. Um, but if you want to maintain your vitality, those are things that you have to consider as you get, as you move forward and, and advance in years. Uh, Michelle says, thank you so much. Yes, I'm focused on work and leaving something behind for my only child. Okay. So that was in reference to um, the earlier Capricorn rising um, chart that we were talking about. Uh, let's see. Okay, just getting through the chat here. Rachel is here from Ireland. Hello, Rachel. Nice to see you. Let us know if you have a question. Um, Khadija is saying, yes, I feel like nothing is ever done with the biz stuff. So yes, on the sixth house stuff. So this is in reference to Khadija's Virgo rising chart where we were breaking down her fixed grand cross with all the planets like t-squaring her natal sun in leo just to give you context as i go back in time in the chat says uh Khadija says the mars square neptune square is exact on the 19th of this month okay thank you this so keep your eyes peeled for that we've got nine more days to 
feel confusion and, <laughs> and maybe a lack of energy. Um, Carolyn says, please send Mars to my house to cut more firewood. That's actually, that's a great, that's a great use of it. Although just be very careful with anything like an ax around this period of time. Take your time. Don't rush through it. Um, you can, there's, there's potential for really serious accidents when you're doing stuff like chopping wood, but, um, yes, that could be something that could be a, a hopefully a positive outlet if you're careful. Um, Lynn says potato sympathetic magic is an excellent idea. <laughs> Yeah, because then it's Mars isn't going to take it out on 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 me, the couch potato. <laughs> It'll give it a real potato to work with. Uh, Bonnie is here. Hello, Bonnie. Bonnie says, "Cancer, do I have do I have to enjoy being in a body?" Yes, exactly. <laughs> I just feel I feel this. Um, I do tend to be very in my head quite a bit, especially as I've gotten older and I. Uh, like I said, I was an athlete, a musician growing up, and I really tried to embody more. But as I've gotten older, it's and there's, you know, being embodied starts to become more of an effort. I think um, sometimes we can fall off the path. This is this is this is the real talk about middle age. Is it's not just about going out and doing something. It's oh well, you went out and exercised a bunch today. Um, now you're gonna feel like shit for the next couple days and. If you have sort of a low pain threshold like I do, that's you're not like aching to get out and like tear your tear all your muscles apart. But again, no pain, no gain, right? And I think sometimes you go through that and the mental discipline necessary so that eventually your body becomes stronger and you avoid even worse pain from not doing the 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 hard work. So that's something I'm trying to make shift as I as I get older. Uh, Dimphy says, "Soasis, so, P S O A S, soas, the only muscle that connects your lower body with your upper body. Too much sitting shortens it and can make you depressed." Okay, is that the one that is in the front of your hip, like the that is over like the the big like plate area of the pelvis? Because I've been stretching that muscle out. And that actually, the, the foam roller is really helping with that. Maybe that's it. Um, okay. Yeah, let me know, Dimpheus, if that's it. Or send me a picture of it. <laughs> I'll just look it up when I'm done. Um, Steven says, same with Sun and Pisces in the fourth at Bonnie. Okay, so they're having a conversation. Um, okay. Rachel says, I'm a cancer rising from a very active family, only discovered much later. I hate sport. <laughs> the best kind of exercise is the one you enjoy. And I personally enjoy long, but not forced walks. I agree, Rachel. I really enjoy walking um, out in nature, uh, taking a walk and having conversations with my friends or with my partner. Um, I, I used to really enjoy playing basketball and, and I was a hockey player for a long time. Um, I sort of retired from playing base baseball as an adult too. I played baseball when I was growing up and I played like men's league softball, but I'm very competitive. And, and as a Leo ascendant, it's very, very hard for me not to give it my all in the moment. And I was getting injured quite a bit. And if you know anything about the Leo folks in your life, it's very humiliating to not be able to perform at your very, very highest level or best. 
And I was finding that I was just getting really injured doing like diving around for fly balls in the outfield on a softball diamond and running and sliding and pulling all of the muscles in my, my, uh, I pulled my hamstrings a bunch and my, my quads and I was just really getting nicked up. So I was like, you know, I don't really want to be injured. And I've had some really serious knee injuries in my life too. So maybe that's part of it as well. And some shoulder stuff. I dislocated my shoulder a number of times in high school diving for fly balls because I just couldn't do it regular. I had to like leap like a Superman <laughs> like all the time. Um, but yes, I, I do miss competition a little bit. But but now the exercises that I like to do are walking and uh, I, I do some yoga. I have a I have a trampoline that I jump on every once in a while too. Um, but yeah, just even just some of the regular stuff that I used to do before the pandemic hit, like used to really go out a lot more. I've spent a lot of time in my house. I've been kind of a hermit lately. Uh, it's reduced my activity and I know I need to increase that. So cheers to the reminder. Um, let me keep on looking. And so, okay. Hey, Kate is here. Hello, Kate. So us. Okay. Thanks, Bonnie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Silent P in the beginning. Um, all right. I'll look up the psoas muscles. Um, cause yes, as a, as a, you know, Venus and Gemini, I prefer to pronounce things correctly, but I don't always get it right. Uh, Rachel says, it's funny that when we find ways to be embodied, our minds tend to free up and become more creative. A bit of effort is needed, but I don't honestly believe it has to be painful or hard work. Well, amen to that, Rachel. And I think that we all go through some challenging times in our life where doing the things that we used to do are a little bit more difficult. And I'll be honest with you, friends, and I'll just stop the share for just a second here. I've been a little depressed lately. I mean, I, I've gone, I've had a difficult year, and this isn't a pity party for Spencer, but um, I lost my mom this year. I lost my grandfather and my great aunt, someone who was, I was very close to, uh, still coming off the effects of two and a half years of being scared of going and being around people and losing a lot of the social things that I was used to doing. Um, it's tough. I mean, and I think we all go through some of these things and sometimes that feeling can be hard to shake and, um, I'm working on it one day at a time. I mean, I think this is the, the vulnerability that comes out at, at eclipses and, uh, this eclipse is connected to what you were feeling in April, and I've been feeling kind of trying to find closure because that was when my mom passed away. So I'm kind of trying to see how I can release some of that old trauma. That's one of the things I've been talking about with this astrology is how can we finally release some of the trauma? And it doesn't, it's not something that happens uh, overnight. It's not like a, oh, now you're trauma free. <laughs> oh, now you're healed. Uh, you have good days and bad days. And um, I'm just really grateful that I have some supportive people in my life. Um, I'm grateful for my astrological community. I'm grateful for the people in this chat and on this channel. I'm grateful for my partner, Tanya. Um, she's been a really supportive person and uh, I have a good relationship with my, with my daughter. Uh, that was another thing that's happened this year. My daughter moved out and went to college and that's becoming an empty, empty nester after a lot of, um, identity wrapped up in being a parent for so long. I've been, I've been, uh, a parent since I was 23 years old and that's a, that's a, uh, that's a kind of a young time to have a kid and 
now trying to figure out who you are after your kids grown up and gone to school is another thing that's that can be a little disorientating um yeah kate's asking if we're going over mars neptune in a roundabout way, yes, we are. Uh, <laughs> I'm expressing my Mars-Neptune thoughts right now, uh, which Mars-Neptune, you know, really can dissolve our willpower on some level. I find Neptune is a planet that is a, you know, it dissolves the boundaries between the physical and the and the maybe the spiritual or the metaphysical. I often find that as like a power outage on some level. Sometimes that can be a really good thing. Sometimes we are attached to the, the physical reality to the point where we need a dissolving, a transcendence of some sort. Other times it can just feel like it's hard to get motivated and we may feel, you know, like we're, we're getting lost in the ocean of consciousness on some level. So uh, Mars wants to move forward and, and go fast and it's retrograde right now. It's hitting Neptune. There's just a lot of reconsiderations that we're going through that are I think important that we need to deal with on the day-to-day -day basis. Okay. Dimpy's going to send me more information. Cheers to you. I'm going to get a little snack here. I've been drinking these little protein, pea protein shakes just so I have some, some calories, excuse me, uh, while I do these things so that I don't get low blood sugar. Um, Rachel says, yes, to movement that is in nature or in good company. I agree. Uh, and I have my animal companions too. I, I, I have a, some really great cats that are these big, giant, part Maine Coon cats that keep me company during the day. I call them my wizard cats. They're Gandalf and Radagast, and they're beautiful babies. And um, they always keep me on my toes. They're kind of like dogs. They follow me around. I don't let them in my office when I'm doing these things because they... They like to sneak around and unplug the, the wireless router, which would not be a good thing um, while I'm doing this stuff. So, um, okay, I'm just looking through the chat. How long will the moon be out of bounds, Khadija is asking. That's a good question. So the moon went out of bounds roughly late yesterday, and it will go back into being inbounds on the 14th, like by the end of the day, the 14th, it usually is out of bounds for about three, between three and four days. Um, so what that means, and I'll show you on the screen here, if I can pull it up. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up the sheets thing, the sheet application in Astro Gold. This is a program that I really like that I'm using Astro Gold. And this is the, the a version, uh, this is where you can see all the different, um, all the different tools that you can use as an astrologer. So what we're talking about when we're talking about moon out of bounds is the moon is on a path. Uh, most of the planets are, go on a similar uh, declination, which is a fancy word for how high or low it is rising. Um, over the course of, I don't know, days, months, or weeks, or whatever. Uh, or, but the daily path, like, like how high is the sun going to rise at noon is its declination. And since we're in getting closer to the winter solstice um, in the northern hemisphere, the sun's going to be rising lower and lower in the sky. So you can see that the, the sun has a southern declination around this time of year. Okay, so... There, there is a, a general path that the sun takes over the course of a year, and it, and it never gets higher or lower than 23 degrees and about 
26 minutes. Um, it may be 36. I can't remember if it's 26 or 36. But when it gets outside of that range, um, well, when any other planet gets outside of that range, because the sun never will, that's this fur further south or north in the sky that the sun will travel. Um, but, but these other planets will appear to, to travel outside of that path of the sun. And when they do that, they, they're said to be out of bounds. And then they sort of are not acting in the way that they would normally act that would be maybe socially acceptable or under the, the power of the solar king, if you want to think of it that way. And they're a little bit more like mavericks. They're a little bit more like wild cards. Um, when the moon is out of bounds, we may be really in our feelings. We, our bodies may be doing things that they don't normally do. Like, like, I'm really tired today. I didn't sleep very well last night for whatever reason. But I think that we also can see this with Mars out of bounds right now too. So here in the uh, Sheets app of Astro Gold, you can see that right now the moon is at 23 degrees north, 59 minutes, which is outside of that 23, uh, 26 or 23, 36. I can't remember which one it is again. Um, but uh, you can see that's that's when you can see that the moon is out of bounds. You can also see that the Mars is out of bounds right now too at 24 degrees north, 17 degrees, okay? So, or 17 minutes, excuse me. And Mars has been out of bounds since shortly before the retrograde and will continue to be for a few months. So our, our ability to utilize martial things is out of the ordinary right now too. So maybe our, our, our anger might be a little bit exaggerated. Uh, we may be trying to create we maybe try to individuate on some level um, in ways that aren't normal either. And we, we may be frustrated with that. I think that this, the combination of Mars retrograde and it being out of bounds leads to probably some frustration that's expressed on, I think a lot of the times we demonize uh, uh, the other, we project our shadow onto some kind of other, right? And really the, the thing that can really be helpful is, integrating whatever then this is where we get into psychological astrology or like dane rudyard carl jung and things like that where we need to integrate some of those things that we're projecting onto somebody else um this is a common theme with gemini we that is the sign of the twins one mortal one immortal one dies one one lives and one has to give something up to be able to uh, allow this other sibling to live again so there's sacrifice involved with it but there's also just a projection of the things maybe we are upset about with ourselves, we project it onto others, and that can be really toxic around this period of time and something to really watch out for. And we, you see this on election season too. Um, we, we, as human beings, we go through periods of time that are difficult. Um, one of the laws of, I think, just spirituality or, I don't know, I'm not an expert in Taoism, so please don't ascribe that to me, but I like studying Taoist philosophy, but some, some of the things that I've learned from just my very kind of brief explorations into that uh, philosophical tradition is that life is about cycles. Life is uh, about increase and decrease. And sometimes um, we're going to be on the upswing and sometimes we're on the downswing. And a lot of times people have a hard time accepting the periods of decrease, the periods of rest, the periods of lack, and they want someone to blame. And we've been trained to point fingers for a long time. And I think it's really tragic. And I think that 
if we were, were to come into alignment and accept that sometimes there are uh, times when we need to rest, um, some times when we need to give up some power, right? Like there's people that are consolidating power in, in various countries recently trying to, unfortunately, we're seeing a rise in authoritarianism, which I find very disturbing. Um, but I don't know. I don't even know how to unpack all that right now. I don't want to get into a super big thing about it. Uh, but I think that it's important to try to figure out how we can integrate the things that are, are challenging. And that doesn't mean that you don't do things externally. I think most of you know that I've been encouraging you to go vote if you're in America with the midterms and do everything that you can to alleviate the suffering of others. I think that's important. Um, no matter how you voted, I, I hope that you voted with your heart and I hope that you voted to alleviate the suffering of others rather than to disempower people. I think that that's something that I, I hope everyone universally can agree on. Um, so I'm going to take a look at the chat again here. But yes, how to bounce stuff is interesting, isn't it? That's something I've been really looking at in my uh, explorations of the astrology of the month. Oh, we've got some really great comments. I'm just, I think I'm probably behind on the comments quite a bit. So I'm going to go back and see if I missed any questions. This is a good time to remind you, please hit the like button. If you are new to the channel or if you just want to support the work I do, that's the easiest thing you can do. Like, like the video, please the algorithmic gods. Subscribe to the channel and my newsletter. Um, if you want to make a material donation, there's a little dollar sign. Uh, it's called a super sticker or super chat. Uh, that really helps me keep the lights on here. You can help me to pay my bills and to buy new books and to keep on learning so I can keep on sharing. Uh, that's you know what I hope to be able to do with any resources that I receive is to, to pay it forward and to continue just to be the best version of myself so that I can hold space for all of you. Um... Okay, okay, okay. Reading, reading, reading. Do 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 do. Yep, Bonnie's catching up on the chat. Uh, let's see, let's see. You know what I've been missing, friends? And I'll just say this while I've been uh, while I look at the chat. I've been missing having the shared experience that is an emotional experience rather than an intellectual one. I've been missing listening to music with people you know, together. Like, I don't even know how to manifest that, you know, at the moment. Um, I don't know how to like play music on this channel without alerting the copyright gods. But I think what I might start doing is just maybe in my newsletter is just being like, here's the song of the week that's really moving me. And I'll, I'll tell you who's been really like inspiring me this week. And if you follow me on Instagram, you probably know this. Whitney Houston. I, I'm, I'm, I'm an un, unabashedly, uh, a big fan of Whitney Houston. I think she, her voice is just so incredible. She's, she's all heart. And I just randomly on my radio, I, I'm, I'm an old fart, so I listen to Pandora radio. Uh, Whitney Houston came on and it was one of the songs from The Bodyguard, which is, uh, <laughs> which I watch with my partner after this day because I became obsessed with Whitney Houston for the entire day. I was just listening to Whitney Houston all day long. And um, that song that I have nothing was just like, oh, wow, I could just I was it was stuck in my head like over and over and over again. Just an incredible voice, an incredible instrument and someone who um, I would like to learn more about their life. I know that there is a uh, documentary that people have been recommending to me. Just there's a really tragic ending to her life, but um, really in the moment. And yeah, how do how can we recreate that 
you know, like uh, when we get on this channel here, we're doing a lot of intellectual work. We're doing a lot, I'm doing a lot of talking. I'm doing a lot of breaking down and analysis, but I, I kind of miss just that, like, wow, let's just share an emotional moment, you know? Okay. If anybody's got any ideas, let me know. Uh, Khadija says, I think these isolating times are especially hard with us sons in dark houses. Ooh, yes. I'm getting some definitely chills of realization with that. Um, yes, 12th house son traumas, for sure. It's not easy for people that have uh, cadent, well, I don't know if it's cadent. Dark houses is what Khadija is talking about. Things that don't aspect the ascendant. In this case, it would be 12, 2, 8, and 6. Uh, it is more difficult for us to feel seen sometimes. We have to go through extra effort to do that. And when there's these extra factors that get put in our path, it can be really kind of debilitating, I think, on some level. So, yeah, I feel you on that. And maybe there's a, this is another reason why I think it's good to show up for these things weekly. This is for as much for my own mental health as, as I hope it is for everyone else's, is just being able to connect with people, even if it's in this weird 21st century you know, way. Oh, uh, let's see. Um, Bonnie is returning to their pole fitness classes later this month rather than just trusting myself to get on the home pole for exercise and fun. Winky emoji. Okay. All right, I'm here for it, Bonnie. I think that uh, there is some athletic, there's definitely some athletic movements that happen with the um, pole dancing, pole exercising. I'm here for it. I have a good friend, a good astrologer friend. Her name is Dr. Claire Moon, and she is an excellent uh, pole performer, I guess you would call it as well, and has uh, posted some really great videos, and it looks very athletic, and I'm sure that you have to be in amazing shape to do that, so I'm here for it. Um, yeah, and thank you, Bonnie, for your support and the hugs for the losses this year. They are not small. It's, it is a lot to process. Um, yeah, <laughs> man, he was confirming how difficult pole dancing is. Oh my God, pole is the most challenging I ever tried. My whole body hurt. Never went back, but it looks great and easy. <laughs> sure. I would last two seconds trying to do any of that, so I... You know, I have a lot of respect for people, those for those athletes that are utilizing that as a way to stay in shape. Justice for All is here. It says, I am grateful for each day, and even if they are difficult to get through. Me too, Justice for All. Uh, I am grateful for, um, I'm grateful for this community. I'm grateful for all these books. I'm grateful for my cats. I have a nice neighborhood that I can walk through that I don't take for granted. There's a you know, I live in a really interesting town that is, you know, there's a lot of diversity in our town. And the neighborhood that I live in is very, uh, there's just a lot of cool people in it. You know, there's a lot of cool people. There's a lot of beautiful old antique houses. And I'm, I just really am thrilled when I get to walk through and meet all the, the cool people of Ypsilanti, Michigan. Just give a shout out to, to Ipsy and um, all the neat people that I get to see on those walks. So, yes. Stephen says, you never stop being a parent. That is true, Stephen. But I will say, it is a different experience than, than when you're uh, not in the daily practice of having a daily interaction. My daughter is actually very independent. Maybe this is just a phase she's going through. She's 18, finally out on her own. And 
Uh, <laughs> the, 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 the like cats in the cradle song keeps like <laughs> churning around in my head, you know, where it's like, sorry, dad, I've got things to do. Can I have the keys? You know, whatever. Like, <laughs> like, um, but I know that it's cyclical and it'll, she's going through a process of individuation and I'm trying to give her the space she needs to go through that. And, um, yeah, it's a lot, but indeed. Kate says, tectonic plates, Spencer, shifts in timeline and generation like the scars we wear. I'm really proud of you for, for the mentorship you've been able to provide through this uh, endearing. Thank you, Kate. Uh, I, this is something I try to do. I try to show up. Um, it takes a lot to show up as a Leo rising when I'm not feeling happy. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, in the past, I would kind of disappear, and if I didn't feel tippy top, I would just you know retreat into the into the background or the little you know that little Homer Simpson gif where he like retreats back into <laughs> the bushes. But I think that it's important to show up even when we're not feeling at our best and when we're grieving and we're we're just not feeling super well because it's that is part of Leo authenticity. And that's something you learn over time is that to be authentic, your authentic self, you got to, sometimes you're going to be up, sometimes you're going to be down. And, and um, I hope that just the thing that people get from this channel is, is, is that, and is the, I don't know, just, just being human, you know, we're not these like avatars that a lot of people want to try to be in the astrological or spiritual community where it's like, Oh, I've got everything figured out. I, I, I meditate 24 hours a day and I do a bunch of yoga and I'm eating macrobiotically or whatever it is like nothing not that there's anything wrong with those things those actually some of those things are very very helpful for your mental health and for your spiritual health but I think that you know we can really glamorize those things and I try, I try not to do that as much as possible I have actually a distaste for that kind of thing. Um, I have, I see this, I have like this eyebrow of like skepticism when someone is like, look at how perfect my life is. I'm like, you're full of shit. <laughs> like, so, Cause everyone has something. Um, let's see. Oh yeah. Wanted. Yeah. We could jump on the trampoline together. <laughs> like says, we would almost likely jump on the trampoline together with you. Although you have to be careful if you have multiple people on a large trampoline. I actually have one of those like little mini trampoline rebounders that I jump on and scare my cats with, <laughs> but it's good exercise. Uh, um, yeah. And some, yeah, Steven's saying I, I don't have any children. I used to be a substitute elementary school teacher though. Well, there's all sorts of ways to express your creativity, right? I mean, it's, it's, uh, and you know, it's interesting to figure out how we, we have those mentoring relationships with people and how they express differently. I think there's different roles that we play in different parts of our life. And, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to figure all that out. Let me see. Go. Wow. You all are great with the chats. I, I am behind on the chat. Um, but I'm trying to get caught up here. Um, let's see. Okay, 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 okay. So many good comments. Yeah, Moon is out of bounds when she goes into 
Leo, so it'll be several days out of bounds. Yes, we'll be out of bounds until the 14th. Uh, and other people are expressing their the challenges in their life. And I hope that by expressing some of the things I'm going through, it helps allow you to be vulnerable. Vulnerable in ways that hopefully will lead to catharsis and, and healing as well. Um, Bonnie says, Poor sleep equals eclipse plus shifting out of daylight savings time. Oh yeah, for sure. Don't 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 get me started on the the daylight savings time shift rant. I wish we would just do daylight savings times permanently. I I don't um or standard time. Sorry, standard time permanently. I I don't really like daylight savings time. I think standard time is much more in alignment with what we naturally would do. So yes, I think everybody's probably feeling that a little bit. Um. Piper says we have to stay positive to be guide a guide to others and a soft place to land without judgment. Yeah, I try to do that. I try to do that, Piper. As bad as I'm feeling, I try not to fall prey to uh, hopelessness. There's always a silver lining. And one thing I always tell myself and others is this too shall pass, right? And maybe, you know, when we're fatigued, it's harder to feel that. Uh, but you get a good night's sleep. You get something decent to eat. You go for a walk, and it can come, it can really change your mood. And th that's one thing I've learned as I've gotten older is that if I'm in a little bit of a darker spot, that that it's temporary. Hopefully, uh, miss misinformed in motion is here. Uh, everything has been disturbing because we all are doing, but all we are doing is working and working and trying to live a normal existence. Yeah, sometimes the daily grind can be really difficult, can't it? Uh, Rachel Fletcher is here. Hello, Rachel, joining late, but hello to this fabulous group. Welcome, friend. I know that you've probably been here for about 30 minutes now. <laughs> I'm just getting caught up at the end of the chat. Uh, lots of air shares going on, very mental. And indeed, um, says Bonnie. Um, Okay, okay. Yes, Steven, you're a Whitney fan. All right. I'm not afraid to admit it. <laughs> I love Whitney Houston. I love her version of the Star Spangled Banner. I used to teach that in my songwriting classes for being able to express powerfully the meaning of the words without overdoing it. You know, it was just, just the right amount of expression to me. It was just, just perfect, really inspiring. That was the one, not the one time, that was one of the times I was like, wow. Whitney Houston's making me just proud to be an American, you know, <laughs> like, which is, you know, it's, it's difficult sometimes when you have doubts about the system, but uh, just a beautiful, beautiful rendition. Uh, Carolyn says, I love Whitney. I'm 73 years old and you are not old. I know, but we, we all go through shifts in consciousness and in, in the way that our bodies are working. And yes, I'm not 73, but I'm not 23 either. So uh, there's a difference between 23 and 43. There's a difference between 43 and 73. And we're all just trying to come to terms with the shifts that we have in our experience. But yes, I agree. I, I'm, I'm not old. Uh, but to a 23-year-old, I am. Think about that. It's all relative. Okay. Um, if you get one but to do... Oh, Khadija says, if you get a thousand followers on TikTok Live, it's the best platform for jam sessions with an audience. You know, fun fact, Khadija, I don't even have a TikTok. <laughs> I started looking at TikTok. I was like, this is going to distract me, um, but maybe I need to get on there. I don't know. We'll see. Um, 
misinformed in motion says i just told my husband last night that we need to listen to our stereo again bring up the vibration yes i i even though i'm not performing as a professional musician music is still a huge part of my life every morning while i'm making my breakfast i make this like fancy superfood shake every morning with like rock a cow powder wild blueberries and green stuff and all sorts of good stuff i'm always listening to some form of the radio today I was listening to John Williams radio from like the composer from like Star Wars and Indiana Jones. You'll be amazed at how epic your breakfast is. Your breakfast time is when you're listening to John Williams and you're like mixing things in your blender and you got do, 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 do. You're like, hell yeah, I'm fucking like, I'm, I'm making something that's, you know, that, you know, Indy would be proud of. I'm, I'm stealing the little gold, uh, you know, thing from the, 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 Oh shit, I can't even talk about it. I can't even talk right today, but you know what I mean? You feel like Indiana Jones on an adventure when you're listening to that music or when Star Wars comes in, you're like, you know, yeah. So music can really change your mood. It's a good, it's really, it's healthy. It's awesome. It's a good vibration. The cats like it. Uh, man who says music that is evergreen, happy music. It will be a good day. And yes, such a favorite. Absolutely. Yes. I love the timelessness of amazing artists um yes music very soulful we've got more whitney fans very powerful singer music helps us to connect with our soul's messages and as well with the archetypal universe yes yes that was something that i really liked about music too is um in this these very divided political times uh i could go into a bar or a place and um unify people with a universal language where we could just sit and we could feel something with our shared humanity no matter what side of the political spectrum we were on or, or what our beliefs was or our demographics or whatever we were able to share a moment together and that's something that i think hopefully we're doing here but music is unique music is unique in that capacity where we can just sit and be and we don't have to have the, the monkey mind churning all the time uh, Kate says, I'm fascinated by Whitney. She's actually my astrological study go-to for learning. Her sun Saturn stuff is intriguing. Yes, Pisces rising, right, with Whitney. Um, maybe we should do a breakdown of Whitney Houston's chart uh, at some point. She has a lot of really interesting cadent uh, placements. Uh, would you all be interested with uh, breaking down some celebrity charts, maybe some musicians at some point? I, I, I might maybe able to add something like that to the channel if it is something people would like. Uh, Castle Rock is here. Says, holy cow, I was just accessing Whitney in my Google Doc, Whitney Houston, where I keep all of my astro data. My partner turned on the TV and you were literally talking about Whitney Houston <laughs> moments later. Well, you know, interestingly enough, I feel like as we do this work, we get tuned into a zeitgeist. And I have found that I usually am thinking about some kind of celebrity as the some kind of transiting planet is making a prominent contact to a planet in their chart and when i was having my whitney houston day i had a whole day of just like screw it i'm just listening, listening to whitney houston all day the sun was transiting her natal neptune so uh, i there was some wavelength that was in the air that day and um yeah i find that as a really fascinating synchronicity um Rachel says, sun in the eighth with Saturn on it right now. Very isolating couple of years, but I think the eighth house sun helped me to cope with it. Well, yeah, I think that anytime we have planets in difficult houses, 
they are probably going to bring us experiences that are challenging. Now, what I think about that is that oftentimes those challenging experiences build our resiliency because we don't have any other choice, right? We can either surrender to it and be like, oh shit, my life is terrible, or we can <laughs> find silver linings, we can, we can work on our character, we can find acceptance. So I think that um, even though I have a 12th house sun and Mercury and I've experienced a lot of difficult experiences in my life, many of those things have shaped my character. And, you know, it's not perfect, but it, I think that if you have placements in traditionally difficult houses like 12, 6, 8, etc., um, you may be a very strong person because you've had to be. So I think that that's something to, to think about. Um, when you look at your chart and say, you know what, this is what I tell my sixth house son, stellium daughter, you know, it's not about getting the parade or the celebration. You did the hard work and that alone was, was an, a good experience. You learned something from that. It crafted your character, even though you've had some bad luck, you know, so um, think about it in that regard too. A lot of times too, like some really great things can come out of really difficult things. My chart buddy is Frida Kahlo. Uh, she has Leo rising, sun in Cancer in the 12th, moon in Taurus uh, in the 10th. She has a really nasty Mars in Capricorn out of sect in the 6th house. That's the biggest difference between her chart and mine. But look at all the beauty that came out of her suffering. And um, hopefully we're creating something like that here. Uh, but we'll see. I'm not saying that what we're doing and the, the, the humble things we're doing on this channel are on the level of Frida Kahlo's work. But Hopefully we're creating some kind of legacy of, of helping others to come to terms with their own pain and their own suffering, which I think a lot of people feel when they look at Frida's work. Uh, so she's inspiring to me. Um, Steven says, a pole dancer came in second place on America's Got Talent. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, sorry, I'm going back in the chat here and I'm trying to find where we, where we leave off because oftentimes when I get further behind in the chat then it skips forward to the like where we're at now and then i lose my place so thanks for your patience uh i wish i could find out how to correct my birth chart with an accurate rectification i don't know how to get the time of birth from the uk agencies you know there are some astrologers that do this um misinformed in motion um rectification is challenging there's a lot of guesswork in it but um, uh, someone who is skilled in that can really help you through analyzing the events in your life and seeing how uh, they may connect with where the houses uh, fall and where the, the those transits fell. Um, so there's 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 people that can do that. I do a little bit of that, but I wouldn't say I'm an expert in it. Um, Rachel says, I think for us Cancerians, I think us Cancerians love home so much it can be isolating. 100 percent uh finding communities where i feel at home has been really nourishing but it takes time and trust i agree and that's why i work so hard to make this a safe space for folks um, because it is for me it has become a community that i rely on as well and um yeah especially when we have these times where we are a little bit more isolated from one another having these online communities can be really great and really beautiful so i'm just again grateful that you're all part of it uh yeah and people are feeling the the fatigue from dirty politics i agree I'm, i think i'll be grateful when all the political ads are over i think they're they are for the most part although in michigan 
I was pretty, I was pretty excited about kind of how it went down in Michigan. Um, people really showed up and, and went and protected, um, you know, reproductive rights and the right to vote. And, uh, I really appreciate the governor that we have here. And, um, so I'm, I'm proud of our state for voting in, in ways that help to, for, I hope the greater good. And I know that some people are going to agree or disagree with that, but, um, in my mind, that was the, the best outcome for our state. And we'll see what happens in the rest of the country. And again, I don't really want to go into it too much. Um, I still care about you if you voted differently than me and we still share some humanity and I hope that we can, this channel becomes a force for uniting people rather than dividing them, <clears throat> especially cross continentally too. It's not just about Americans here. We have it's such an awesome international crowd. That's what I love about it. So as Americans, we can get kind of narcissistic about all our own shit and all our own stuff. Uh, where we're, we're, it's hard for us to, to see outside of our own space and country. And I love the perspective that we get from our European friends, our Australian friends, our uh, Asian friends that we have, that we have people from Korea that are coming here. And I, I don't know if there's people from Japan or what, but there's, there's all sorts of people from all over the world. And it's really nice to be able to see all those different perspectives. Um, yeah, and, and you know, uh, I'm glad you're joining us, Castle, from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So see, we have, you know, exotic Iowa joining us as well. Like everyone, there's beauty in all spaces and wherever you're at, you can make that place the best place. Uh, Rachel says, we appreciate your avatar and human self, Spencer. <laughs> we need both. <laughs> yeah, I mean... This is what we do on these channels, right? We try to show up and be the best version of ourselves. And sometimes that is like you're saying, like an avatar. And I really do try to be the best version of myself publicly. But yes, it is nice to just be human sometimes together too. And I think I needed this to hang out with all of you today. Carolyn says, I'm also Leo Rising. We know part of our role is to bring out the sun for others. Yes, absolutely. We have learned that people appreciate that. I agree it's hard to show up when you're down, sad, or tired. 100%. I think this is a little, maybe a difference between Aries Sun and Leo Sun or Aries or Leo placements is, and not saying that the Aries placements are bad. I, I have, I'm really starting to appreciate my Aries placement friends um, when I didn't, I didn't really understand it as a younger person. But I think an Aries person is kind of like, I'm going to differentiate and I don't really care what you think. And some that's not true for all Aries people. You might have a mixture of things in your chart, but that's the, the vibe I get. And in some circumstances, that's a really healthy perspective. Like, I just do not care what other people think. I'm going to set a healthy boundary and I'm going to individuate. Whereas the Leo energy is a little bit more like, I'm going to individuate and I want, to, I want this light to warm you up too, right? And instead of the severing and separating energy that's necessary in Aries, there is a, 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 vita a vital energy in the sun and in Leo where we're trying to, yeah, shine the light on other people as well. So I agree with that. Okay, okay, okay. We need a trampoline soundtrack. Yeah, that was, you know, when I was doing more trampolining, uh, that was like my morning exercise. I would like set like, I'm going to trampoline, I'm going to jump on this trampoline for four songs, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, it's good. Uh, 
Michelle is a classical architecture lover. Sounds like a lovely neighborhood. Yes, Michelle, this is a great neighborhood. I live um, in a place, it's called Normal Park. It's like, a, it's one of the older neighborhoods in Ypsilanti, Michigan. And there's a lot of houses from the late to mid 1800s, like Victorian style houses. I, I happen to live in a home that was built in 1886. So there's a lot of beautiful architecture. There's a lot of, the houses are all very different. One of the things that really bothers me is when all the houses are the same. I'm not a huge fan of that. So I get to walk around and look at all the different houses and how they look. And there's there's a lot of different, um, you know, there's a mixture of economic uh, stations in this town. And I think that's really great too, being able to have a blend in a diverse uh, kind of economic situation. and. Um, it's just a great town. It's it's really really progressive and really really interesting, and it's 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 funky. It's a funky town, right? It's like like there's all these stickers around. It's like keep Ipsy weird, you know. It's it's a really uh, vibrant uh, LGBTQ community here too. Uh, it's 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 just a really welcoming place that I I like living in. Um, let's see, let's see. Very Gemini chat tonight. <laughs> yeah, non-focused. I'm just trying to have a conversation with all of you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I'm sorry if it's it's you know all over the place. Uh, my my goal today, I didn't have any specific goal. My goal was I'm going to show up and talk to all of you and hold space for you, express myself, but also hear what your thoughts are. Uh, let's see. Khadija says they canceled daylight savings this year. It'll never happen again. Oh wow. So does that mean we're on standard time? Because I feel, I feel like Congress, if something stalled in Congress where they, they wanted to make it permanent daylight savings time, uh, but then there, it, was, it hasn't like gone through. I don't know. But, but I hope you're right and we're on just one of these times going forward. Um, Michelle says, you give so much to your peeps and I'm grateful for your work and especially love how you keep it real. Well, thank you, Michelle. I try my best. <laughs> I try my best. Sometimes I just can't help it, you know. I, I, uh, I can only be myself, and myself is a, is a, changeable thing. And sometimes it's excited and vibrant and effervescent. And other times it's a little down and sad. And it's all, it's all good, right? It's all, it's all part of the same package. And I think more of us should be okay with being real, even if it's we're not at our best. I think kindness is key, though. I don't think feeling bad gives you free license to be a dick to people. And that's something that I've had to learn over the course of my life because there were times in my past when I was not feeling at my best and I was not nice to people. And I had to learn the hard way that that is, you can't do that. You can't treat people like that. And you will be much more lonely if you're an asshole to people, whether you're feeling good or not. So I think that this, no matter how you're feeling, you could still try to cultivate kindness. I think that's, that's the main message. I, something I'd sign off on this channel every single time is be kind to yourself and be kind to others. And it's a great way to go through life. Um, this is what my dad taught me. And my, we weren't really a super religious household, but he, he really believed in the golden rule. Treat others the way that you want to be treated. And I think that's a good thing um, to live your life by. Um, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here you go. Khadija says, wait, I just Googled it and it says daylight savings is a rumor. Damn Mars, Neptune Square. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't think that it had been finalized yet, but we'll see. 
Rachel says, when can we say this eclipse season closes or is it transpiring and evolving over the six months? That is a great question, Rachel. Um, it definitely will be transpiring over the next six months. Um, that's generally our, our eclipse window. There's also meta cycles where eclipses, there's like 18 year cycles as well that you can see where eclipses will be, um, will be active and bringing about topics that you experienced 18 years ago. Like uh, for me, it was really interesting because 18 years ago, my daughter was born. So I, you know, really started a journey with her. And at this last eclipse cycle uh, in the, around April and May, she um, ended high school and went to college, right? So uh, they were, those two things were connected for me. Um, but yes, there's little, there's little meta cycles. But as far as when this season closes, I mean, I think we're going to be seeing, j just like when any new or full moon happens, I think you're going to see it as a, it's not just one event. You're going to have the, the fruiting body, like the mushroom that, that shoots up from, the, from underground, and then you're going to kind of see, you know, the, the, the mushroom fade and return back to the earth. And it's the same thing with these eclipses. There may be an event or two that, that feel important, but they're all part of the, con the greater context of your life. So I, I do think we will at least be feeling some of these themes in the short term until we get the new moon in uh, Sagittarius and seeing those things play out and, and coming to terms with it, letting go, integrating it into our life, whatever the themes were. Um, and I like that new moon that's coming up. We have a new moon on, um, oh man, what's the date? I'm going to look it up here. I'm going to share it. I'm actually, I'm, I'm working on a guest for this new moon for next week. And I don't want to reveal it until it's actually booked, but, uh, I think you will enjoy this guest if I, um, am able to work all the details out, but just briefly, we've got the new moon. That is, that's November the 23rd, right before Thanksgiving. I like this one though. I like this as far as like um, being hosted by Jupiter, uh, even though it's retrograde, but we're going to shift all the things start shifting to being hosted by a Jupiter that is domiciled rather than Mars. That's just not really in a place that it's super happy. So I'm looking forward to that. Although I will say that the full moon of that new moon on December 7th looks intense with uh, the moon hanging out with uh, Mars. See this moon-Mars conjunction? And then four planets out of bounds, moon, Mars, Mercury, and Venus all out of bounds. So that one's a bit of a wild card, I think, um, but we'll see. At, but, but before that even happens, Jupiter is going to be stationing direct on this new moon. So th that may actually bring us some hope, I think, as well. I think that's something that I'm looking forward to. Okay, 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 okay. Let me get my chat back up here. You all doing okay? Hanging in there? Okay. Sorry for the delay on your questions, folks. I'm just, there's so many great comments that I'm kind of going through and finding all these things after the fact. Uh, Rachel says, is anyone else having a retrograde Mars transiting the 12th just now? Well, I'm not, but I'm sure somebody is. Uh, Piper says, right, like when journeys don't stop believing comes on, movement happens. Yes, yes, another great jam that I don't really get tired of hearing most of the time. Although, 
If you listen to classic rock radio, that thing comes on quite a bit. I do like Journey, though. I'm trying to figure out what my favorite Journey song is. Mm. My favorite Journey song is, uh, sounds like a Sam a Sam Cooke-inspired song. Uh, I think that Steve Perry was very inspired by Sam Cooke, and he's got that, uh, you make me weak and want to die. Sorry, my falsetto is a little out of shape, but he does the the loving, touching, squeezing song is is pretty cool. And he has a really great mix between his head voice and his chest voice. And um, man, he's got a great vocal performance in that tune. Like when he goes, it's tearing me apart every, every day. And he just goes off into the stratosphere. Oh, such a good moment. (laughs) Such a great moment. Okay. I am so far behind. Yes, let's do Whitney's chart sometime. We'll do some chart breakdowns, um, and we'll see. We'll get we'll get into that. Um, let's see. Let's see. As a Sag Sun ascendant, love him so much. Freddie Mercury is a Sun Virgo Sag Moon. Okay, well, we could do Freddie's chart at some point. I love Freddie Mercury. Um. I'm just looking through the chat here. Okay, we have some we have some comments on the the political spectrum that we talked about a few minutes ago. Yeah, I know it's it's tough. We're in tough times right now, folks. Just in a in a general landscape, and I think that the what the last thing I'll say about that is that. And I've got to choose my words very carefully with Mars retrograde in Gemini, right? Is that we're going through a period where we've gotten, I think, as far as we can get with expansion um, through a, a capitalistic society, which, which even if we take out the judgment of whether capitalism is good or bad, I think that there's some good things about it and there's some really bad things about it. We've gotten to a point where we have expanded and we have this myth of of uh, constant expansion and we've ended up using up a lot of the earth's resources and and we get upset when the economy isn't constantly growing and we we are facing period of contraction which is natural that's what happens when the seasons happen you can't grow food in the middle of winter um you need to let the the land rest a little bit and i think that there are people that take advantage of people's suffering and fear, and that, that bothers me. And what happens is the, and just humor me for a second. When you have people that are super rich and super like oligarchical, the only way that they can really stay in power without people uprising and you know creating revolution is by pitting them against each other. Whether it's you know middle class against poor, or whether it's uh, white versus black or, or, you know, gay versus straight, whatever. <laughs> if you're starting to pit people against an other, it distracts against the huge amount of wealth extraction that's happening in late stage capitalism. And, and I think that that's the real problem. That's why I try not to get super hyper political here, because I think most of us are, are victims of this system and are suffering no matter what line we fall on or what state we're in um and and it's not necessarily like anything that we have to feel super guilty about i think it's just that we're at a stage of change and change needs to happen and the more we try to you know 
utilize a system that is hasn't been working for a, quite a period of time, the more suffering it creates. So it's just about coming into alignment with the flow uh, and the realization that we have to make changes to be able to survive, you know, and to, to be able to have everybody just have what I think anybody wants. It's just a peaceful ability to go live their life and to have enough food to eat and a place to live and to be able to just be themselves, um, you know, no matter what they're, who they are and what they do. It's not complicated. I think that's, we try to complicate it. And I think that just allowing ourselves to be ourselves and, um, but also allowing others to be themselves and be kind in a kind way where you don't have to demonize or create this like some kind of victimization or demonization. Super important. I just, it's not necessary, you know, find a different way. <laughs> like, okay. But that being said, I am pretty glad that in my state, they voted to save, I think, democracy and, and uh, some bodily autonomy. I think that we're at a really strange inflection point as far as like where there's a real rise in authoritarianism and, and people demonizing uh, you know, underprivileged, underserved, vulnerable groups right now. And I think it's really tragic and really sad. And I, I, I voted against all of that <laughs> so you know and we you do what you can do and then you kind of try to just be a good person in the world how about that i'm looking through the chat we've got a lot of people saying they would like to see more charts looked at we can do that uh, okay i like this non-goal goal perfect for the community <laughs> yeah like Usually I'm very goal oriented and today's a Thursday and I'm wearing a bunch of Jupiter and Pisces materia today and we're just wandering. We're wanderers today, spiritual wanderers surfing the oceanic waves of consciousness together. Uh, okay. Yes, and Kate says, when you show up as yourself, it gives courage to others to do so. Thank you. And I agree. I've always been appreciative of people who have been real with me because I know where they stand. I know that I can trust them. And that's what we're doing is we're building trust by being ourselves, by not trying to be something that we're not, whether we're hurting or whether we're, you know, in, in abundance. Um, Piper says, that's what helps me hold space for people who do not act like that. Now I know they're coming from the some place of pain. Yes. And I hope that you're referring to like people that are, like really getting frustrated with the system on both sides of the political spectrum. And again, I do think that just being able to have empathy for everyone that's suffering under this, these late stage capitalistic stuff. And honestly, the oppression of, of wealth consolidators, it's, it's tough. It's really tough. And just, if you try to have compassion in that regard without letting your, your boundaries be overstepped, Okay, that's important. We have to, we can have compassion and empathy for people without them, you know, stepping on our, our boundaries. So it's, it goes both ways, right? Um, okay, 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 okay. Yes, the 18 year example. Looking forward to the Sag New Moon coming up. Indeed. 
Uh, looking forward to digging, dipping my toes in the Jupiter pool at this new moon. Yeah, me too. We need some Jupiter energy. We just had some heavy Mars stuff over this Scorpio season. We've been dealing with Saturn square and everything. The other thing is all those planets are going to move out of the square with Saturn and into a, a, a beneficial sextile. So that's nice. I think there'll be a lot of relief at the end of this month. I, I hope. I really hope. Um, so... Uh, yeah, Gemini Moon chat. Sorry, we're going all over the place, aren't we? Water Tri Muse says, I love Steve Perry. Yes, me too. Steve Perry is great. Steve Perry is one of those voices, just like Whitney Houston. I did a lot of cover songs when I was a professional musician. I just love covering tunes. Maybe it's the moon reflecting light, right? Absorbing someone's light and reflecting it back out. But I did a very wide variety of, of covers. And there are a few artists where you just cannot... <laughs> they're uncoverable and Steve Perry and probably Whitney Houston are two of the uncoverables where you're just you just cannot do what they did like I could match you know I don't know some other artists that a little bit more faithfully but trying to do and there's another song by Journey faithfully but trying to do Steve Perry is like nah <laughs> there's only one Steve Perry <laughs> there's only one Whitney Houston so yes, transcendent, otherworldly talents. And I'm a child of the 80s. And in the 80s, those super high male tenor voices were really popular at that time. And it's just like, that was the voice of my childhood was, was those super high tenors, like Steve Perry, like the singer from Boston, uh, Brad Delp, um, Toto, uh, you know, all those bands that had these screaming tenors that were just otherworldly. I just love it. Castle Rock is talking to Piper. We're talking more about Taurus and Gemini. Uh, Sandra. Hello, Sandra. Says, I'm a Taurus sun and ascendant. My moon is in Scorpio, one degree conjunct Pluto. Nothing special has happened yet during these eclipses. Well, buckle up uh, because the moon and Pluto were very close to the new moon solar eclipse at two degrees of Scorpio. I would say, Sandra, over the course of the next few months, just take a, a an inventory of some forms that may need to be released in your life, things that are no longer serving you, some things that brought you vitality potentially in the past, but now may, you may be hanging on to something that isn't um, serving you anymore, and it's okay to let go. Once we let go of forms that aren't vital anymore, that frees up the essence that is eternal to find a new goal, a new form, because that's what life is. It, it is essence continually changing and finding form. Form arises and consolidates into something solid, and then it pulls apart. This is what aging is. We grow and then we fade, you know, and that's, that's what everything does on this planet. It's interesting. It's not easy. But um, when we come into alignment with it, it can be, we can appreciate it as a beautiful thing as well. Uh, Stephen says, we don't need to be the political polarization. Be the light. Yes, yes, I agree. Although I will say, it is important to speak up for those that are vulnerable. I don't want to spiritually bypass politics on this channel. I, I try to engage as much as I can without creating a, a, a uh, climate of disagreement. I don't know how to say it. I, but I do think that there are some serious, serious things. There's some serious authoritarianism in the world that needs to be uh, called out and recognized and discarded. And I also think there's a, there's a really, really dangerous rise in things like anti-Semitism and things of that nature that I think I have no tolerance for whatsoever, absolutely zero. So it, it, we can speak strongly 
like truth to power on that level, right? Where we, we can denounce things that are abjectly evil. But at the same time, we can make that shift and say, well, instead of seeing all of that, what do we really want? We would like to get along. Like I said earlier, we all just, I think deep down inside, most of us just want to live a peaceful life where we can be ourselves and have enough to eat and have a roof over our head and be able to pursue some of our interests. And nobody's going to take that away from you just by being different than you. Okay? Seriously. All right. Um, looking through the chat. So many good chats. This is the most Gemini moon. <laughs> I chose today because the moon was making uh, a contact with my natal Venus and Gemini in the 11th house. So, <laughs> this is, so this is what you're getting. A moon Venus conjunction version of myself today. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to parse my way through the conversations between you all in the chat and the ones that I need to comment on. So that's why it's taking me a little bit sometimes. Piper says, we need our Congress to step up and do their job and create legislation. RBG said was needed, but none of them seem willing. Yeah, I like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and I'm sad that she died. I'm also sad that she didn't, like, pass on her torch before she died to someone who might be able to carry on her stuff. Like, I'm, I appreciate the, the, this is something I talk about with my partner. It was like, you know, at a certain point, you know, you should have known that you were, like, 90 years old and be like, you know, it's time for me to step down and allow someone to, to, that is in, this has similar values to me to be appointed. But, you know, that's what happened. So now we deal with whatever it is. Uh, Castle Rock says, feel differently because these eclipses are in fixed signs. The six month rule applies. Be careful what you wish for. Be intentional about what you're inviting in. Yes, I agree with that. Water trying moves. You have a great voice, but yes, Steve Perry is very difficult. <laughs> when you hear me sing on this channel, I'm not warmed up, okay? <laughs> but, but yes, Steve Perry is like really, yeah, otherworldly. And for those of you who don't have, have never heard me in my element, go over to Spencer Michaud uh, Music, which is a channel on YouTube, and you can see me at the peak, peak of my powers. Uh, I used to th like say that I'd like to do Olymp Olympian type singing, but I don't know. I'm not defending my voice or anything. I'm just kind of, I, yeah, Steve Perry is great is what I'll say. Very difficult. Um, oh yes. Piper says Jeff Tate from Queensryche is that way too. Just not coverable. Yes. Queensryche is an awesome band. That, that song Silent Lucidity. I've told people, I was like, just play that one when I'm on my deathbed and about to transition <laughs> into the, whatever the next life is. I could listen to that song over and over and over again. It's so beautiful. Such a beautiful song. It's so peaceful. I, I love that song. So good call, Piper. Um, Khadija, regarding high-pitched male singer in the 80s, can't forget Prince. Yes, Prince had awesome range. I love Prince. Yep, he's uh, one of my favorites. Love Prince. Everybody loves Prince, the purple one. Castle Rock says, the six-month rule applies for all eclipses. Solar eclipses can reverberate much longer. Yes, 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 yes. They're big, big chapter markers, right? Piper says, open dialogue is always welcome, even when I disagree with anyone. I agree. We've lost that ability, haven't we? The ability to talk to one another without it devolving into name-calling, finger-pointing, demonization, 
uh, projecting of shadow. I wish we could bring that back or we could have healthy debate. Um, there's plenty of people that I, in my life that I love that believe things differently, differently than me. And it's been harder and harder and harder to talk to them. Um, but I still try. And I still try to keep the dialogue open because even with my own family and my parents, like my dad is pretty, he's, he thinks he's liberal, but he, sometimes he has a blind spot, just as we all, all do on some level. And uh, as, as I myself probably also have my own blind spots. And just having those conversations, I think, is really, really important without making people like, like I said, without pointing the fingers and, and having it devolve into, I don't know, darkness. Just come from love. Just come from, come, come from wanting to, to alleviate the suffering of, of others. And sometimes we have to suck it up a little bit and feel uncomfortable with those conversations, right? To be, be able to alleviate the, most, the suffering of the most vulnerable people, sometimes we have to take a good hard look in the mirror and, and really deal with some extreme discomfort. And I think that uh, I've gone through that at various points in my life, and I think it's really important to allow yourself to do that without getting so defensive. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to be defensive to learn something new. <laughs> you know, you just have to open your heart, open your mind, and just try to see things from someone else's perspective. Steven says, Luther Vandross. Yeah, Luther's great too. Love Luther. Um, Prince is Khadija's favorite artist of all time. You know, I uh, the song that comes on my radio station that I have, I have a radio station... Khadija, this is good. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a little story. So since I grew up in the early 80s, and I'm a cancer, and I'm very nostalgic, my dad was always playing like those early 80s, like, you know, kind of soft rock type stuff. Like he played, he had all sorts of stuff. He had Stevie Wonder and like, um, you know, Ambrosia. You remember Ambrosia? I'm sure that there was some prints thrown in there on some level. Michael Jackson, all, all different phases of Michael Jackson, Jackson 5 and you know, uh, oh man, Shaka Khan and all those folks. And the one thing that comes on, uh, the Prince song I like that comes on is, uh, I want to be your, is it, I want to be your lover? You know what I'm talking about. It's like, I want to be your lover. It sounds very much like a band that I like from Michigan called Wolfpack, V-U-L-F-P-E-C-K. They were huge, like Prince fans, you know. I want to be the only one you You know, like <laughs> so sorry. Yeah, that song's great, and Wolfpack uh, has done a really nice job, kind of like, you know, keeping that sound alive on some level. Um. Okay. Let's see. Question. Finally, a question. Here we go. Um. Tarya says, "What do you think? Will the eclipses be stronger?" Or more important, when you have the sun or moon as time lord in perfection. I'm in a Leo year. I think it depends on the eclipse. I think that's a good question. I think that it depends on which of the lights is being eclipsed. A new moon solar eclipse is the the moon kind of or swallowing up um, the sun. Okay, the dark moon is blocking out the light of the sun. So. In that case, I would probably say that you might feel it on your sun more, whereas the full moon lunar eclipse is where 
the sun is, you know, occulting the moon and you're seeing that blood red color. So you might feel that more in a lunar fashion, which is crazy for me because I'm, I have a lunar eclipse exactly on my moon. So we'll see. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. All of the events I've been kind of hinting at have not transpired yet. So again, it isn't going to be one like big event. It's going to be things that are unfolding over time. Um, but yes, it's very interesting. If you do have the sun and the moon as, as your time lord for the year, eclipses are, are big, big um, omens that will speak. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, Roger Hodgkins, you were a friend of mine as my funeral song. Roger Hodgkins. Is that... Tell me, what, what band was is he from? Sorry. I'm, that's a name that is slightly unfamiliar to me. Is I feel like that's the guy. Is that that's not the guy from Supertramp, is it? Because uh, Supertramp's one of my favorite bands too. I love Supertramp. I can just listen to Supertramp all day long. Um, that was my dad's favorite band. Uh, I'm a fan of '80s music over '70s, yet I love Karen Carpenter. Ooh, that's another good call with just a beautiful voice. Karen Carpenter's voice is just so pure, such a pure tone. Love it. Um. Piper says, you know, I think it started when people I know in my childhood were like, you can't discuss religion, politics, and money with people. It's sad to me. I'll talk about anything. Yeah, it is tough to have discussions. Although, pick pick your time and pick your situations, I think is the thing. Like, there's a time for those difficult decision, or talks. I think there's other times where just letting bygones be bygones is, is appropriate. It's hard to know what's what. I think it's, you know, we've got Thanksgiving coming up. That's usually a time where people feel uh, empowered by all the Sagittarian, Jupiterianness to fire off their, maybe their opinions, you know, uh, or their beliefs. And that can cause conflicts. I prefer at Thanksgiving to just lean into just celebrating being together and the beautiful food and abundance that we have when we come together. That to me is, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays, mostly just because I love to eat. I don't I don't uh, think it's an awesome historical holiday. I think there's a lot of illusion that we've, we've accepted as Americans with Thanksgiving. There was a lot of crappy uh, stuff that happened around that. Um, but I do like getting together and sharing a meal with people. And if, if you want to just call it you know, gratitude turkey day, I'm into that. Like there's, I think there's something beautiful about just sharing and feeling grateful for something. Wouldn't that be a much better way to have a discussion around the dinner table at Thanksgiving is how about we just share things that we're really grateful for and that we love about each other and we love about the world and just leave all the stuff that we're upset about aside for for a day, even for a day, just to come together to express how much we care about each other while we still have time, because don't take that time for granted. I can tell you from experience. Okay, okay. Um, I'm looking through the chat, looking through the chat. This is an active chat. You all are awesome. I love it. Love this. I love that I've I've started something with talking about music here. <laughs> Castle Rock says I shed a few tears more than I care to admit when Olivia Newton John passed. Yes. Yes, another part of our early experience, right? Yes, a beautiful soul. Um, 
Jupiterian. Stephen, the one thing my dad gave me was the music. We listen to music all the way back to the platters. Ooh, that's a good one. I love music. Me too. I love I love all genres and um, decades of music. This is what when you have Venus and Gemini, you're just like, oh, that's great. Let's how about this? Oh, that's really great. I think that the only thing that I'm as I age has been tougher for me to digest is really, really loud and angry music because it just riles me up. I used to love it when I was a teenager and when I was in my early 20s, you know, you could throw on some Metallica or something and I'd be raging out, but it's hard. It gets harder and harder for some days. I like it, but other days it just gets me just puts me in a weird space. Sometimes I used to like this band in the, uh, I don't know if it's in like the early 2010s now called the Mars Volta was one of my favorite bands. That guy's voice, it just sounds like he was being, I remember in Rolling Stone, they said it sounds like he's being, the lead singer is being filleted by a, like a, a hunting knife. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's, but, but it was just so really unique the way that they expressed. It was very dark music, but um, back when I partook in herbal refreshment back in the day, you'd put that album on and, I, and my mind was just blown. Um, I don't do that stuff anymore, but uh, no judgment if that's uh, the way you're coping with these modern times. Um, let's see. Khadija said, I just did, I want to be your lover at karaoke. Well, you probably did a better version than me. I don't remember all the words. I also love George Michael. I heard like one more try earlier today, and I was just like, oh, yeah, that's my jam right there. My dad used to listen to Billy Joel and Elton John and uh, the Alan Parsons Project is one of my favorites. Uh, you know, I'm really getting into Ambrosia lately. That, Make a wish, baby. You know, that, you know, and all that like Michael McDonald, like Doobie Brothers stuff where, where it's like, oh, it's easy listening, but it's really complicated. Like, like, you know, Kenny, uh, Kenny Loggins and all that crap. I really, really, really like Michael Jackson too. I like late seventies Michael Jackson quite a bit. That, that Destiny album and Triumph. My my favorite song that I think came out the year I was born is Can You Feel It? Can You Feel It? Can You Feel It? All the people of the world. Yeah, that's my jam. There's something electric about Michael Jackson's voice that just whenever he comes on, whenever he's duetting with anybody, when, when the other singer stops singing and Michael comes in, it's just like, like he just blows your doors off. And I... I know people have mixed feelings about the person Michael Jackson, but the, there's no debating that the singer Michael Jackson was amazing. All right. Um, but yeah, I could listen to that album. I think it's Triumph or Victory. I don't remember which, which album that's on, but it's so good. So good. Uh, oh, now Castle Rock's throwing it back to the iPod in 2006. Uh, the first time my dad bought an iTunes for me was More Than a Feeling by Boston. That was the first cassette tape I ever bought. Castle Rock was was Boston's first uh, first album. So good. Uh, you hate it. Oh, no. <laughs> you, hate, you hate More Than a Feeling by Boston. Oh, you're only interested in Hey Ya. But maybe now you have an appreciation for it. Okay. It's okay. Yeah, Hey Ya is good, too. I mean, Andre 3000, man. It's all, it's all good. 
Uh, hair soundtrack is a classic. Khadija says, yes, it is. Uh, oh, yes. Okay. Piper says, uh, Roger is a founding member of Supertramp. Yeah. That guy's voice is crazy too. Really awesome voice. Love Breakfast in America. All good stuff. Love Supertramp. One of my favorites of all time. Uh, Kate says, since we're reflecting on funeral songs, Long Lost by Lord Huron. Ooh, that's one I'm not familiar with. My brain is sort of like, it hasn't shut off, but it is it is spotty for any song that is like after the year 2010. <laughs> like, and I, th- I feel like Lord Huron is a, is, a, is a more modern artist, if I'm not mistaken. There's some stuff that I know, like I like I like Bruno Mars, but it's because Bruno Mars sounds like <laughs> late 70s. Uh, but yes, I'll have to check that out. Uh, I love seeing what people's, you know, last songs would be or their lifelines, you know. Um, uh, Piper says, I think the intent of the holiday is what is beautiful. Be thankful for all that have, that you have and for all that have helped you and the bounty that you have. Yes, another one. Yes, definitely. And another one bites the dust by Queen. Very good. I'm a big Queen fan. Um, we each name, Path Piper says, we each name one amazing thing that happened this year that we are grateful for before we eat. That is our dinner blessing. Beautiful. I love that ritual. Great ritual. That's very Jupiterian, right? Uh, it's, a, it's Zeus's feast. That's what I, th- I think of it now on some level. Um, okay. Uh, Rachel's having a Whitney Friday tomorrow. All right. Now we're talking. I think I'm going to go watch that documentary, Whitney. I know it's going to be sad, but I want to know what's going on. I think it's on Amazon Prime or YouTube something like that. I already watched The Bodyguard and I had my 90s moment and it was good. It's super good. Um, okay. Yes. More George Michael fans. <laughs> Tanya's here. <laughs> Embarrassing. Tanya says, Spencer likes the smooth jams of the 70s while I'm getting the dubstep nosebleed like he and Peel. <laughs> it's true. You know, a moment of realness. When Tanya and I first met, I I love her to death. She is my 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 life and my light. But she liked house music, and I, I just that was the one thing that I just w- had trouble with. I was like, really, you like dubstep and house? Like, <laughs> like are we gonna be able to have a relationship? Because, <laughs> you know, I was really into melodies, and we have found common ground with like '80s synth pop and remixes of '80s synth music or like steve winwood is one of, another one of my favorites like so like when we have the like beat come in was like and then you got valerie call on me call on me valerie call on me yeah i'm the same boy i used to be dude right <laughs> where we can just listen to the hook over and over again that's where our musical tastes overlap so if you're wondering you know artistically <laughs> where that's that's where we 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 fall in love and i think that we can agree on tears for fears and and stuff like that and duran duran and all this good stuff so um okay castle rock says if you're familiar with the eagles three of the band members glenn don and randy all have virgo on the ascendant well is that why they put me to sleep so much no i'm just i'm just kidding castle rock i i love the eagles although of the classic rock bands Don Henley's voice is really amazing. And I and I, I really love the, the Hotel California. Some of the e- other Eagles stuff, though, like, 
I feel like the dude saying this where he's like in the back of the taxi he's like I hate the fucking Eagles man I don't hate the Eagles but I th there's just something where I just the Eagles sort of the, the 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 intensity isn't as 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 much there as I would like to be I like Fleetwood Mac a lot more than the Eagles for whatever reason I really you know who's my favorite voice from Fleetwood Mac is is Christy McVeigh the the Cancerian one I her anytime I hear her singing I'm like oh yeah it's really great stuff also, Shaka Khan, my goodness, what a crazy voice. Uh, really good stuff. I like her Rufus, Rufus phase as well. Uh, Castle Rock um, says, is laughing at Tanya. Listen to Gaslight by INJI, by the way. I'm into 80s falsetto now, but can't with more than a feeling as it was the one song on my iPad for iPod for way too long. Okay. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the male falsetto voice as well. And like I said, I'm just half-assing it today, so I have a better falsetto than you'll hear on this channel. Just just go. I was a big fan of a guy named Jeff Buckley, and, and I, I tried to cultivate a Jeff Buckley tone for a lot of years. And um, just, yeah, just really, you know, Michael Jackson and Jeff Buckley and all those great falsetto singers. Um, love it. Like Earth, Wind & Fire, all that good stuff. Um, let's see. <laughs> Tanya's getting defensive. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, <laughs> Castle Rock likes my my beatboxing, <laughs> right? And you can hear the you can hear the fade in. Steve Winwood had another one of those high tenors that's just like holy shit. That's my safe space is Steve Winwood. If I'm feeling bad, I'm just gonna I'm gonna click on Steve Winwood radio and just be like, you know. Back in the high. I can't do Steve Winwood. I'm not even gonna try. It's it's like another Eagles kind of, or not Eagles. It's another uh, Steve Perry situation where there's that voice is super hard to replicate. But but man, just a pure pure tone right there. I love it. Right. <clears throat> uh, creating harmony. Khadija says it's hard not to be musically compatible in relationships. Yeah, but the following musical exchange can be so fun when you don't know the other's tastes. And I will say. The, just a little story about Tanya and I, if we're in story time, and you all are champs for hanging out and sitting through just random ramblings today. We're peppering some astrology in here. I, but again, my, my, my hope for today was just to bring some levity and to, to just share with all of you. It could be whatever you want. This is your time. Okay. But Tanya and I met at a bar in Ypsilanti called uh, TC Speakeasy. And it was a place that I played an open mic at quite often. And I, you know, I, I, I'm very shy when it comes to meeting anybody, but women in particular when I was single. And I walked by Tanya like a million times. She was super pretty, like with all whatever she had going on at the moment. And, uh, you know, finally a friend like kind of introduced us. She was talking to a friend of mine and I kind of like, you know, wedged my way into the conversation. I think she said something to me first because I don't think I initiated the conversation. She's a Sagittarius, so she wasn't afraid of me. Like, <laughs> like um, more bold, I guess. And so we were talking and talking about astrology and talking about, you know, just all the things that we liked and sharing suffering because we're both 12th house sons. If you ever have 12th, two 12th house sons that meet each other, immediately they'll be like, Oh yeah, well yeah, my this person died, and yeah, this super difficult situation happened, and you bond over your shared suffering. 
but then I was, it was my turn to go up on stage and like, you know, perform. And I, that night I, the, the favorite song that I like like to do at those open mics at the time was, uh, Belle Biv DeVoe's Poison on acoustic guitar. And that was actually the first, um, that was the first hip hop tape that my dad bought me at age 11 in 1992. He had no idea what he was getting me into. <laughs> like, so I was in like the summer of 92, I was like all about Belle Biv DeVoe and Poison and uh, That Girl's Dope and do me <laughs> like they, like i don't think that my dad really understood that i was like do me baby bopping out 11 you know you know smack it up flip it rub it down oh no <laughs> he had no idea what and i don't even think i understood what i was listening to but um yeah i think that that was what what um endeared me to tanya that night uh <laughs> was doing belle bev devos poison you know, poison, yeah, moving it slow. Looking for a mellow fellow like Michelle, getting paid late, so better lay low. Scheming of hearts might end the whole show. You know, the low pro ho should be cut like an afro. But what you saying, hon? She a winner to you, but I know she's a loser. How do you know me and the crew used to do it? poison? So, you know, there's just a little, little, I don't know, just today we're, we're trying to have some fun with, uh, with the music. I can remember every single lyric that's just burned into my brain with that song because I just, I wore that tape out. Um, so friends, any more astrology questions before, or are we just going to keep reminiscing on music for a little while? And we can, we can do whatever. And P Piper says, today has made my heart so much lighter. Yes, that was my goal for the day. Let's just share an experience together, share some memories and get away from just this heavy eclipse energy with just this polarizing political junk let's just share the things we love if, if that's all we accomplished today whew, hallelujah that then i've we've done good work today friends okay um yes fleetwood mac so good they're using that on commercials now um what is that commercial that car commercial that they do i think it's you make loving fun but i don't know if that's uh that's exactly what it was, but yeah, some good stuff. <laughs> Tanya says, I'm bold like that. We'll work on getting Spencer on TikTok. Can you do music on TikTok? Can, 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 can we be like, at some point, can we be like a, could this be like a, a DJ show where we'll just listen to some tunes together and then in between we'll share our astrological stories or something? That's like part of my dream uh, type of thing too, where we could just bring mu music into it and share the experience. If, if all of you would like, I'm going to start sharing my, my, my jam of the week in my newsletter. So sign up for the newsletter if you want the jam of the week. <laughs> I'll probably put Whitney Houston in the next one. Um, but yeah, follow me on Instagram uh, if you want to see some other things I like. It's mostly cats, uh, but sometimes I'll, I'll share some music that I dig and, and uh, some cool nature stuff that I see. I don't share my face too much on there. I feel like you get my face enough here and I... I feel a little bit like, oh, you want some more pictures of me? You know, <laughs> you get plenty of that here. Um, okay. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I, Castle Rock is born. You're born in the fall of 92. Oh, man, I'm so old. I was born in 1980, friend. Pete grunge and, and steampunk vibes. So, yeah, in, in 92, I was, 
I, I so I had Belba DeVoe was on the hip hop side of things. And I was, you know, I had Pearl Jam's 10 and Soundgarden and, you know, Beck had just released his like first album. And then I was listening, I was into Danzig, like whenever that song Mother came on, I was like, mm, don't, don't. I was just get really into Mother, you know, and then uh, I don't, I think Weezer's first album came out not too shortly after that. And like, there was just all sorts of great stuff, the grunge, there was, it was an interesting time for music. There was hip hop, there was grunge, there was uh, a new alternative kind of sound coming out just soup all that jangly i also have a soft spot in my heart for like uh female like 90s singers that have little like baby voices and i'm thinking of like the cardigans and like sixpence none the richer <laughs> and natalie abrulia like the, all those people i i also oh in the sundays like all that stuff i have a super soft spot in my heart for too um yeah, so you're getting all, all of my different uh, t taste paths here today. Okay. Uh, really expanding into the trampolining, stretching, DJing, a proper polymath channel. <laughs> yes, Rachel. That is one of the things that I, I have always aspired to be is a renaissance, a renaissance man or polymath is a better word for it. So we're going in all those directions today. Caroline has a question. Do you really have to use whole sign houses system with Hellenistic theory? Don't you think the Greeks used whole houses because not everybody had a clock and sundials and only work when the sun is out? That is a great question, Carolyn. I think that that is a good point about whether they used it because of a less accurate time measurement. Although I will say, I think we take for granted that they actually probably knew how to tell time pretty well about the, around that time, especially because of the fact that cultures as far back as ancient Egypt would use the, the rising and setting of, of constellations to tell time during the evening hours as well. So I do think that we sometimes think that they were a little bit more primitive than they actually were at that period of time. I will also say that there were multiple house systems that were used in Hellenistic times. Um, Vedius Valens uh, speaks about porphyry houses, and there is also literature about equal sign houses. So I would explore that more. I do think that you use whole sign houses for topics in a birth chart. You use things like porphyry houses and equal houses, maybe, but more, more so porphyry, to find planetary strength as far as its contact with an angle. So, and those were calculated, those were used to calculate length of life techniques, which I have limited experience with, but I think I'm going to be doing more of this type of thing as I get further on in Demetri George's volume two uh, book. So yes, I hope that answers your question. And, but if you want to experiment with other house systems, by, by all means, go for it. Because I think that, again, a chart is an oracular space. And I think that whatever you entrain yourself to, the chart is going to speak to you through that medium. Um, and some people may disagree with me and want, want there to be more of a universal truth. This really frustrated me when I started learning Hellenistic astrology. I was like, this has to be the one right system, doesn't it? There has to be one capital T truth, doesn't there? And it just doesn't work that way, unfortunately. And it was very frustrating, I think. But I do think that if you're able to consistently reproduce your technique, 
whether it's tossing sticks on the sidewalk or looking at the poop of a bird or something, if you can consistently reproduce the technique, you can get oracular messages because I do think that the, the divine will sort of maybe shift to speak to you in that, in that regard. And, and, and in that regard, I have entrained myself to music. I, you know, I use my Pan Pandora radio station as an oracle all the time. I send Tanya pictures of the first song of the day all the time. I was like, look, it's a message for the day. I'm trying to figure out what the message today was. Uh, I, I, today, what did I have? There was, oh, I sent uh, Bjork's Human Behavior came on. I love Bjork. And uh, Human Behavior came on during the election when we were talking about all these different things about how human beings are trying to work through the challenges of these times and human behavior came on and there's then we were we were saying to each other that there's definitely 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 no logic in human behavior and i was like yeah why would people vote against their own interests there's no logic in that <laughs> human behavior came on so songs can be oracles for sure i love doing doing that um okay let's see let's see so Music can be as controversial as politics. Yeah, it can be. And it, it music can be a, yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, music can be a revolutionary act. Um, it can also, when people get really upset about their music, I, they can get really fired up about it. But again, what, what difference does it make if someone doesn't like a band that you don't like or if someone likes a band that you don't like? It's not worth fighting over. Just let them go fucking listen to their music and you go listen to yours. <laughs> That's a lesson we should take into our politics on some level, right? Uh, let's see. Oh, Castle Rock says, I used to go apeshit as a baby by rubber man, band manned and by the spinners in Whitney Houston. <laughs> oh, yeah. That isn't... Oh, that's a good song. Yeah. Um, there's a combination of the spinners and Whitney Houston. That's pretty cool because I'm familiar with Rubber Band Man, but uh, oh, as a baby. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. So you're thinking about separately. Yeah, that's a great tune. That's I'm just I'm getting I'm getting the vibe just thinking about it as a great tune. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> What's going on as a jam? That's another song that I was I covered at one point in my musical career. Uh, Creating harmony says question. That is also just whenever someone says question, all I can think of is like that late '90s thing. Where it's question. Why is it? <laughs> like that Beavis and Butthead thing. Where, you know, it's like why is it every time I walk down the street something 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 funk that <laughs> okay but question question do you have thoughts on the yod between transiting mars and pluto uh khadija i do not I, that is not something that i really do as much with the yods and the shapes um there are some wonderful astrologers out there one that comes to mind oh man what's her name ann ortley does a lot with those shapes and uh, rick levine is a good shape shape based astrologer and I think uh, checking their stuff out, you might be able to get some good good insight based on those shapes. Um, I do think that there's relationships with aspects with planets, but do I think there's anything super special about the other shapes that they make? Maybe. I'm not saying there isn't. I'm just saying it's not something I've explored in depth, so I can't speak to it with any sort of authority. 
Uh, Rachel says, I love that you have room for all those artists on your playlist. I have like a, a wide variety of interests. Um, when I was young, I, when I was in college, I, w I, I came up in the Napster era where I could just start downloading stuff and I would just download, I just needed to download anything that I thought would be important to my musical education. And <clears throat> I taught songwriting at a community college for a long time. So what I would ask my students to do is make me a mix CD or tape or whatever of, of things they were into. Cause I'm like, I'm old. I, I, I'm stuck in the period of time between 1973 and 1992. So tell me what's hip. And you know, people would bring me stuff like Lake Street Drive was a cool band. Um, oh man, there's just other, other really cool stuff that I didn't have any awareness of that I really started enjoying when people would bring me new stuff. So yeah, educate me. I'm, I'm into it. I'm open-minded when it comes to it. Tanya is scampering off to do farmer's market things. She's actually at the farmer's market today. Uh, hugs to you and everyone. You're all the best and the cutest. Yes, and support Tanya at Third Coast Mojo if you want to um, support some really cool um, magical root work stuff. She's got some really great oils like Jupiter, Mercury, and Venus oils, and there's more stuff coming. And Tanya is going to be interviewed by my other really good friend, uh, Art of the Zodiac, C.V. Henriette, on Instagram on Saturday at like 10 a.m., so follow Tanya at Third Coast Mojo on Instagram or at Tanya Andrews and Art of the Zodiac. And, and the two of them are going to be talking planetary magic surrounding Mars. So that'll be really cool and really fun. Tanya's kind of doing more stuff with her magical business. I'm really proud of her and, and been encouraging her to do that. And she's very wise and knows a lot of great stuff. So make sure you support her stuff and check out her oils and whatnot. Um, a lot of those can shift your energy in positive directions if you need a little boost. And they're very reasonably priced, I think, too. Uh, Carolyn says, this has troubled me for a long time, whole house. They knew how to tell time, but the astrologer's client's parents didn't make note of exact birth time. Well, Carolyn, you know, one of the, one of the things that's really interesting, because one of the challenges of antiquity is that not everybody knew how to write. Um, so... I think that we didn't always have a, a, a transmission in that regard. And, and the other thing is that they didn't really do astrology for the lay person. Astrology was sort of, you know, the, the, uh, the tool of, of the, the kings, right? The tool of the elite class, I guess, on some level. So oftentimes we're going to get a birth chart for whether the king is going to succeed in his reign, but um, there's going to be less in that period of time, the Hellenistic period of time of the common folk. That's why Vettius Valens' stuff is so uh, valuable because he, he just had stories of his own life just as an astrologer, not as a king in that work as well. So yeah, it is frustrating, but, but a lot of things get lost during the translation through time. So we do the best we can piecing it together, but yeah, I, I, I agree. It would be nice if it was all super clear, but we're gonna have, that's why we have to kind of utilize our own, um, I don't know, pattern making brains and allow to fill in some of those gaps every once in a while. Uh, yeah. Uh, Kate says, how long do we have Jupiter in domicile? Thoughts on this? I struggle with the balance of positive and negative since Neptune Mars square. Yes. And Khadija says Jupiter is in Pisces until the 30th of December. And it turns direct at the next new moon on the 23rd of of November. Um, Jupiter and Pisces thoughts. 
Okay. Let me break this down. And we've got some other good questions coming. I'm, I love that we're still rolling here. So, I th especially the third decade of Pisces is related to the, the Ten of Cups. Okay, so the Ten of Cups is a Mars-ruled Deccan. But in the Ten of Cups, we see this like beautiful rainbow, this ephemeral thing with this idealistic, beautiful, happy family below. And uh, there's literature about the Ten of Cups being related to a daimon or spirit called Elpis, which is, is translates roughly to hope, which is the, what is left underneath the rim of the jar of Pandora's box after she unleashes all the horrors onto the world. And that's what we're doing today, friends. We, we've had all the horrors of the world unleashed upon us, these, maybe in the eclipse season. And maybe today we're just you know, embracing a little bit of hope and finding some gratitude and appreciation. That's what keeps us going, discussing the things that we love, changing our vibration. And I think Jupiter in Pisces 3 is really reviewing what is it that we're willing to sacrifice for? What is it that we're willing to do to create this beautiful vision of our idealized time? How can we maintain hope even when our, our emotions are swinging wildly in different directions? I think Jupiter moving through Pisces, remember Jupiter was a demiurge. And a demiurge is a fancy word for like the creator god, right? He was begetting all these forms through his adventures with, you know, I don't know, with different mortals and gods and, and, you know, sexy times. Like he was bringing things into form, potentially even using the blueprint given to him by Kronos or Saturn. This is something that is explored in uh, Charles Obert's book on this classical seven planets. So if Jupiter is, is a demiurge and a creator, in Pisces, it's creating in a yin fashion from a, a dreamscape rather than maybe through active journeying. Uh, so I, I think of Jupiter's time in Pisces in all decans as like, let's find our why, let's find meaning, and then let's start creating through our creative visualization process. Let's try to make the dream a reality, right? And sometimes you do that through your actions. Sometimes you do that through your acceptance. Um, and I think that the last few weeks we have of Jupiter and Pisces, get really clear on your why. And what are you willing to stand up and fight for? What are you willing to sacrifice for? What are you willing to uh, have hope for in the future? And how can you strike a balance between the realism of Saturn, really, in Aquarius, and the, the, the beauty of our idealistic vision? And how can you meet in the middle, maybe, on some level with that? coming to terms with what is necessary for reality while also not losing hope for the future. So I hope that that helps uh, Khadija. Oh, she's, she says, sorry, Jupiter will be in Pisces until 1220, which is Tanya's birthday. So poor Tanya, her solar return happens like the moment Jupiter <laughs> moves into Aries, right? She doesn't get that beautiful domicile Jupiter in her solar return chart. Sorry, bud. Uh, Castle Rock says, Spencer, 
do you have or use a Spotify? I'm living for these recommendations and your taste is giving me so much life. It's wild how music is something we simultaneously forget and remember. I do have a Spotify. I have my music on Spotify, but I don't use Spotify. I use Pandora. Is there a way to make a Pandora station public? Because I could do that or... Yeah, maybe I could start making playlists on Spotify. That might be cool. The Spencer Michaud astrology playlist. That's a good idea. Like, cause I'm try I've been trying to find ways to incorporate music into what I'm doing more here because I miss it. I miss this. Like, let's just have joy about what we agree on, and or let's turn each other on to something creative because it's a universal language. I miss that, and I want to bring that more into our experience here. Uh, while also talking about astrology and metaphysics and all of those things. So yes, that's a great idea. Rachel Fletcher says, I have successfully used Placidus with some Hellenistic techniques, but I do use whole sign system as well. It's definitely been fun to test the theory with other house systems. Yeah, play with it. Don't get so rigid, right? Just test it out. One of the things, the best thing you can do with your astrology or any type of divinatory practice is to test it out and see what works and what doesn't. And then trust your gut, okay? And don't rationalize it away if it works, okay? Illis J is here. It says Bjorn has a bunch of out-of-bound planets. Ooh, or Bjork. Yes, Bjork. Although Bjorn, Bjorn is another, is that his name? Uh, what is that other dude that has got like a electric love that's got a super crazy high, like sort of uh, Steve Perry type voice? Is his name Bjorn? Like, because I love Bjork, but I also love Bjorn. Is that his name? He's from like Grand Rapids in Michigan, but he has a really great, great voice. Um, Borns is his name. It's not Bjorn, it's Borns. That is That was what I was trying to remember. But Bjork, yes, Bjork has an out-of-bounds Venus in particular. I would love to look at her chart together because, wow, what, a, what an amazing artist, unique, uh, just creative expression, like just a very idiosyncratic uh, you know, Muse. Muse is a great word for her. Love Bjork. I just can't get enough of her music. I really like uh, the album P Post. I think Post is the orange one. Like where she's like, it's oh so quiet. <laughs> she just explodes. It's oh so. <laughs> she's got that little elf voice that she does. She's just adorable. Tanya and I were reflecting on how strange it is seeing her age, but uh, she's really do, still doing some really interesting things. Like I, I see her as like a, a youthful archetype. So it is, it is strange to see her age, but I think there's a good lesson in it. Piper says Rami Malik's chart looks like a Merkaba. <laughs> nice. Uh, Lynn is saying, is confirming that Tanya's stuff is amazing. It is. Yes. So yes, check out the talk with CV. Um, Good point. Astrology, not for the masses. Yeah. You know what else I like? Depeche Mode. That's one of my, I could listen to, to, to Depeche Mode until, man, until just the world ends. Enjoy the Silence is my favorite song, bar none. I can just listen to that song over and over and over again. The Violator album, so good. So good. I love it. I actually saw them in Grand Rapids a few years ago. Maybe not a few years ago now, probably about 20 years ago now. Um, while they were doing the like angel tour or something like that. I don't know, it was maybe 15 years ago. It was a really cool experience. It almost feels like a dream now. It was a long time ago. I used to go to a lot of uh, cool 
shows. I've, I've been to see Sigur Rós like two or three times. Another band that's like, you're like, have I died and gone into some sort of angelic realm? <laughs> like, and I also like Enya. I know not everybody is an Enya fan, but I, that type of like music really, I just think is beautiful. I also like Annie Lennox. Uh, her cover of, um, uh, what is it? What is it? There's a cover that she did of a pro call harem song what the hell's the name of that song you know a whiter shade of pale is super good um super good stuff okay let me see let me see let me see let me see third coast mojo venus oil so great yes it's good stuff and there's going to be a new thing released pretty soon the uh key or both the wisdom of solomon oil and the master key that are part of the mercury and virgo series are coming out soon really cool stuff i've, I've been wearing that uh quite regularly okay uh bonnie says yes you're still going I had to jump off for a client yeah i've been in this chair for a long time this is part of my taurus moon stamina i guess i'm just having a good time like part of the thing I, like i said part of the thing i wanted to do is just come and socialize a little bit so thanks for jumping on and socializing with me um, creating harmony says it's been helping me find some chill with the malefic activ activations in my chart by transit and annual perfection. Oh, the Venus oil. Yeah, it's a good, you know, Venus is a good, um, remediation for Mars. I think Aphrodite was one of the, in, in myth was like the only thing that could calm Ares, AKA Mars down. Like if they had just like fucked <laughs> like that's like made some love then mars was like i'm chill i don't have to go to war today <laughs> so he would just be like i'm too tired to fight so i think that you know doing something fun like enjoying yourself is a great uh counterbalance to all this arguing and that's why we're we're talking about our favorite tunes we're just trying to bring some venusian counterbalance to all the mars energy out there today so that's good Let's see what else we got. Uh, you have a tiny astral playlist on YouTube. Okay, that's good. I should make that. Yeah, I need to make playlists. You're right. I need to make playlists. I need to do this. Bonnie does playlists by the planetary day of the week. Nice. I want to do that. Okay. We could all combine our heads and cook up a collaborative playlist. Okay, I'm into it. Let's reach out. Yes, Sandra is a Bjork fan. Uh... Kate says, one of my favorites is Mama Saturn by Tenerell and Mr. Sun. And, and Mr. Sun by Green Tea Pang. Ooh, those are new to me. I need to fig figure those out. I need to check that out. Somebody's, I'll, I'll look at this afterwards and check it out. It's good. Kate says, there's music with astrology. Then there's music that describes and or expresses it. Yes, I agree. I mean, think about what we used to call astrology, the music of the spheres, right? There is, there is a, a connection between the musical brain and the astrological brain, and I love it. Rachel says, my life goal is to live in Enya's castle. <laughs> so she could just sing all day. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Enya is good. Yeah, and Annie Lennox and the Arrhythmics, also great stuff. Huge fan of Annie Lennox's voice. Ooh, wow, what a great voice. Another idiosyncratic, awesome voice. Broken Glass, good stuff. Here Comes the Rain Again. Check out her cover of, of, of Whiter Shade of Pale. It's really awesome. Um, uh, yeah, I like 60s stuff too. I, I'm, I like the Beatles. I, I, I think 
I, I like it all. You know, I, I love the Beatles. I, I grew up listening to the Doors and Led Zeppelin and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I love Michael Jackson, the Jackson Five, uh, Motown music, Stevie Wonder, uh, Al Green. Uh, what else? All that good stuff. The, the, the Supremes. Um, yeah, I'm into it. Aretha Franklin. There's just so much great music. So much great music. Um, yes, my list is stuff that has astrological identifiers in the song, but I love finding music to go with cosmic vibes. Yeah. The Gear of the Mix makes Castle Rock feel like they are on a genuinely different planet. Absolutely. A's Creations is here. Hello, A. Um, bit late. Glad to caught you live. How are you doing? I'm doing well. We're just talking about our favorite tunes. Um, love to hear songs where girls are like, oh my God, such a Pisces. The song that can be can be total trash. But if you if they say an astrology word, I'm enamored every time. Interesting. Yeah, there's one song like that. It's a it's a oh, Kenny Loggins tune. Loggins and Messina. It's like, like you know, um, it's that. Even though we ain't got money, I'm so in love with you, honey. And then he talks about like having a baby, and he's like, Virgo uh, rising with Pisces sun is a very good sign, you know. So I, I was like, oh wow, Kenny was into astrology. Another great voice. Uh, I love his song. This is this is it, where he's like, this is it. Mm. He's I think he wrote that for a friend that was fighting cancer or something. But great jam. Um. When I find a song, Kate says, it's impressive to see the artist chart with the exact placements happens all the time. Absolutely. You can really see what they're singing about in their chart. Definitely. <clears throat> Piper says, I love anything that makes you feel. Yes, feel something. I speak movie quotes and song lyrics all the time. Yes. Lynn says, Annie Lennox song and video, God rest ye merry gentlemen is fabulous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she just says, she's her gravitas is so great. Like, uh, yeah, into it. All right, friends, how are we doing? Any other questions, comments? If you're lo liking this for Gemini moon foray into music, astrology, politics, uh, food, uh, ma astrological magic, please hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, uh, sign up for the newsletter. Um, make sure you support my friend, my friend and partner, uh, Tanya Andrews at Third Coast Mojo and join her for her talk. Uh, about Mars on Sunday with Art of the Zodiac. Yeah, Loggins and Messina is good. So do all those things. Um, if you want to make a material donation to the things I've been doing today, there's a dollar sign in the chat, super chat, super sticker. You can also donate after the fact uh, at buymeacoffee.com. Okay. Gemini Brett does some amazing stuff with astrology and music. Yeah, I, I hung out with Brett uh, a few times um, at Glock, the, the Great Lakes Astrology Conference. He does, yeah, he does some stuff with, like, like uh, his saxophone. <laughs> I don't know how else to, to think about it. He has a really interesting scientific brain as far as, like, making connections with shapes and patterns. He's another one that if you're into, like, the astrological yod and the mystic triangle, I heard a really good talk with him on the mystic triangle. He's a great one to follow. He, he, he has a little bit more of a, a science brain than I do. I have a little bit more of an artist's brain. I, I don't think than him, but like my leaning is more towards sometimes it's I know things, but I don't know how or why, if that makes sense. More of an intuitive experience of the world 
not that I am not analytical. I definitely am. You can ask my partner how much analysis and like, like little red, like, you know, that little gif or meme or picture of like that guy from it's always sunny in Philadelphia, where he's like got those conspiracy theory things. I'm like that with fantasy football. I'm like, well, you know, Russell Wilson's Venus is going to be changing signs. You know, Venus is going to be changing Sagittarius and Russell Wilson's is Sagittarius. So he's obviously going to perform better than when Venus was in Scorpio. You know, and I, I've gone through all these like crazy machinations with fantasy football, but it's nice to have something for my brain to chew on than just astrology. Uh, and yes, I have a wide variety of interests that include music and sports and and philosophy and food and animals and all of those things. And I'm, I'm happy that we can express that here today and we can be that together. Oh, do, 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 do. Yeah, his science brain definitely blows my mind too. I, I, I try my best to follow where he's going with stuff, but he's definitely a genius in that regard. Okay. And Khadija says, Drake is one of my favorite examples of undeveloped Scorpio energy. Drake's an interesting case study because Drake has a as a out-of-bounds Venus in its exile. And Drake kind of gives me the skeeves when it comes to some of his past history with like grooming and stuff like that. Um, I think that in Drake's defense, if we can call it that, um, I think that he... One of the the things about an out-of-bounds Venus is they don't follow society's expectations when it comes to what relationships are appropriate and which ones aren't. And in this case, there's probably something going on in his mind where he's like, I just love this person. I don't see age and I don't see number. But when it comes down to reality, sometimes those boundaries are in a place for a reason so that you can allow somebody to develop you know and and properly and mentally physically and otherwise and all of those things without like somebody kind of being i don't know sliding into their dms i guess <laughs> I'm, and i'm thinking specifically of drake's relationship with millie bobby brown and how weird that was and i don't know if he has another history of that but but i digress but yes i agree undeveloped scorpio energy um and uh so Thank you, Carolyn, for the super sticker. I appreciate the donation. Thank you for the coffee. Appreciate that. I could probably use some now. And we're, go we're heading into almost to hour number three. Um, okay. I think I've got maybe five to ten more minutes in. I mean, before I got to get going and maybe just stretch and take a walk. And But this has been fun. This has been fun, friends. I love hanging out with you. Thank you for spending your Thursday afternoon with me and thank you for being kind and just sharing all the things that you love in the chat for your great questions. I, I, I love just showing up and holding space for you. Um, and yeah, go check out all those wonderful astrologers, Gemini Brett, um, check out Tanya's stuff, check out Ann Ortley if you're into that kind of thing. Um, so I think I'm going to start wrapping it for the day. So again, please, please, please do me a huge favor and like this video, share it with your friends, uh, subscribe to the channel, get on the newsletter. Maybe I'll start putting some more music stuff and playlists in the newsletter. Uh, that usually goes out once a week or so. I am going to have a guest, hopefully, if I can, can lock it down next week, probably Friday um, during the day to talk about the new moon in Sagittarius. And I'm not going to announce it until I get it rolling, but um, I've got someone really cool in mind that is very knowledgeable and wise and um, 
a really cool person. So I think you all will be excited about hearing from them. Okay, so that is what I've got, friends. Uh, go listen to some music, dance a little bit, move your body, go get out in nature, try to shake off some of the heavy vibes from this eclipse and from all the, the I don't know, whatever energy is in the air. And remember, please, 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 just be kind to one another. It's not that hard. Be kind to one another at Thanksgiving. Be kind to one another post-election season. You know, be kind to one another in your daily practice. Be kind to the people that are your closest to. That Those are the people that are it's easiest to, like, be dicks to because we're like, oh, they love us. We can be jerks. Don't do that. Appreciate the ones you love, but also be kind to yourself. Don't be, beat yourself up if you're not having the best day. We all fall short of the glory sometimes, and uh, this too shall pass. So hopefully we put out some some beauty into the world today, and I will see you all the next time. Take care, my friends.